Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that likes hammering the hammers and getting hammered. Ray Winston, Russell Brand, Alf Garnet, Pearly Kings and Queens, ICF, Jellied Eel Munching Irons, your boys took a hell of a beating. Well, yes and no. Uh, Chelsea might have won 3-0, but this was exactly the kind of match we'd go to the pub after, delighted with the result, get properly pissed and completely forget how awful we were for much of the match. Perhaps for the first time this season, Chelsea won playing badly. A must during a long season, and especially after two defeats. We're now up to fifth uh, and above so-called title challenges Spurs on goal difference. I'll take that and walloping the hammers in a London derby when we lost twice to them last season any day of the week. So there you go. Uh, and the Chelsea fancast number 778 is called. And like their dreams, they fade and die. And so they did. Now on the show, of course, kind of the Christmas show tonight because uh, Christmas Eve is almost upon us but uh, I have of course the wonderful Mr Jonathan Kidd and to celebrate how festive I am I've just munched on a pair of kippers have you yeah. <laughs> isn't that breakfast JK Are you up late yes. today yes I got up I've just got up in fact that's why I'm wearing no trousers okay fair enough more will be revealed later, no doubt. Uh, we also have the wonderful uh, housewives' choice, the very noisy, the very sa- uh, noises off, uh, but nevertheless, still the housewives' choice, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Is somebody playing table uh, tennis? Sounds if somebody's what? playing table tennis there, are they? No, I, I've stopped. I've stopped shuffling. I was just <laughs> moving all my. I've, I was moving all my work computers out. I've, I've shut all the, them all down. The, all the, did you have oh, you you your trousers off as well? Shuffling. <laughs> oh, uh, no, dear. I'm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting till later to take my trousers. Okay. Off. Well, as always, Clayton, with with or without your trousers, it's always a delight to see you. Uh, now, uh, I'm pretty sure Martin's got his trousers on. No doubt he'll reveal. Well, don't reveal all, but just tell us one way or the other. But we've got a lovely Martin Wickham with us. You'd be relieved to know they are firmly on. Uh, and not, I, one, not one pun about support bubbles in your title. No, so. indeed. Well, I can... Oh, very good. Yeah, I missed that. I, did, I was going to do a bubble gag, actually, but I, 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 I went for the kind of the Danish commentator gag, really. I just thought it was too good to, to, to not avail myself of that one. Martin, as always, good to see you, mate. Uh, looking very well as well, I have to say. Anyway. Thank you. So what we got coming up? Well, on the show tonight, we uh, we discuss a result that was better than the performance, how Kovacic coming on for Jorginho made the difference. We show concern for and mitigation with our hobbled fullbacks. And we ask whether Werner is suffering. I feel like that kind of dramatic music here. 
from the curse of the Chelsea strikers. Uh, in part two, we applaud Tammy, or as I called him on Twitter, two, ta- what was it? Tammy two goals, like an Italian uh, kind of mobster. <laughs> Tammy two goals. <laughs> Like so, an yeah. Italian hitman. Yeah, Toby two goals. Anyway, we applaud Toby two goals for taking his chances. We delight in the Tiago Silver machine and uh, appraise the league table in a season where anything is possible. And in part three, uh, we look ahead to the Boxing Day match against the Arsenal and ask how bad are they really? How fearful of the schadenfreude of losing to a poor Arsenal side are we, containing former Chelsea players David Luiz and Willian, as well as, of course, discussing who will start for Chelsea and how we see it going. And we wrap up with some emails and the leaderboard in our Premier Predictions League. Martin's already so he knows, he's seen the fucking results. He's, he Absolutely. knows. I'd have to have one good week. Martin Wickham, top of the league. Martin Wickham. Well, you're not actually, you're top of the mini I'm, league. The mini I'm 11th. Chelsea, yeah. I'm, I'm 11th, it'll do. <laughs> yeah, but you are top of the fancasters, mate. And as I said the other week on Discord, that's all, the, all I care about, because there's no hope of me winning the bloody thing. All I care about is that I finish above you, Harry Lot. If I do that, I'll be happy. Anyway, we will reveal all of that later. Now, of course, as you all know, you should know by now, uh, you can listen to this show live on something called Mixler, which is a rather clever internet streaming radio thingy-bob. Uh, but there you go. If you want to do that, we're always here at seven o'clock, usually on a Monday, obviously, for, well, because we were playing last night. We're here on a Tuesday. If you want to join in all the fun, it's mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. Uh, and as I said, you can join in the chat room and there are loads of people in there, as there always are. Um, in fact, actually, you're, you, you've got celebrities in there at the moment. I see Mr. Tony Glover is in there. That's, I love the fact. I mean, I don't know what you boys think. I, I love the fact that if he's not on the show, right? Tony is invariably sitting there listening to it on a mo- on a Monday or Tuesday. I think that's that is uh, you know above and beyond the call of duty. Beyond. I reckon, yeah, completely beyond. Top Fantastic. effort, mate. Yeah, anyway, well he's got the lovely Kurt, Eddie, oh Mark Meehan's in there too. Bloody hell, oh Sky, isn't that amazing? So there's two of them. Have they got an alternative fan cards going on? Okay, well, maybe there wouldn't be a tier four going on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> They're bored shitless, clearly. Uh, anyway, I'll be even more bored shitless after two hours of this nonsense. I can tell you. <laughs> anyway, Brian, Brian Justman, Daryl, Daryl Middleditch, Eric Morabito, Aussie sign my broken leg if she don't come. Great cannon. Adam Finnegan, Yaroslav Blue, uh, Art of Chelsea. Many, many more of you. Very lovely to see you all in there. I hope. That you are all well and COVID. Merry free. Christmas to them all. Merry Christmas to you all, indeed. Now, after this very short break, we'll be uh, talking about the West Ham match. there we go um well hmm what a bizarre bizarre game i i don't know if you if you if you lot read my uh my match notes which were about as schizophrenic as the flaming game was i think i was i was unusually rude for me i have to say um but you know what it's like like i said in the intro jk i mean i know i know this 
I, I, you know, in a sense, this is should be. In fact, I will direct it to Martin because out of all of us, Martin is the one that I would know. I mean, whatever pub I go into after the match, Martin has already beaten me to it and is into his second pint. So actually, Martin is the expert on this question, which is, as I said in the intro, Martin, I, I kind of at the end of that of the match, I just thought, you know, that was just really schizophrenic and, and and quite poor. They were poor, I think, for most of it. But actually, that result would have left you, you know, bouncing out of the bridge straight to the Atlas. Uh, I'd have met up with you lot. We'd all had a moan about how we poor, poor we were. We'd be laughing our cocks at how the fact we beat West Ham. And after a couple of hours of that, we would have forgotten about how awful we were and we'd just be delighted in the result, wouldn't we? Absolutely. It's a bit similar to, like, every game this season, bar the one I was able to go to because you're not at the game because you're not moving around you tend to dwell on things a little bit more after the game is finished so like I say if we're in the we're in the pub after that game we'd just be all laughing each other and yeah never in doubt <laughs> you know a bit of a nervous laugh it was it was straight it was similar to Wolves in that we took the lead but then still didn't settle down and they only really looked confident once they eventually got the second goal but my God, up until that point, it was we were just waiting for an equaliser that didn't come. And then, then you look at the stats and you find out: Did West Ham have a shot on target? No, no, not, not one, not on, not on target yeah. the whole game. Oh bloody hell! I thought the as bad whole as game. That. Yeah, I thought Haller had one in the first half, but maybe I was wrong. Well, I looked at I looked at the flash score stats, and they tend to be pretty reliable because I thought I'll check up on this, and it said not not one. I mean, either I pressed the wrong button and it just showed one of the halves, which is. Knowing me, highly possible, but I I think there was no shot on target. But no, there was no shot on target. There, was, there were a few shots, but they were obviously wide, but not a single shot on target. But for the way we looked, and we looked so sloppy, we looked sloppy in possession at times. We're going to get onto this later, but there were certain players who just didn't fit for that type of game, and players that you, some of the players that you wouldn't expect to make mistakes, were a little bit un, uncharacteristically sloppy as well. But at the moment, with the amount of games. On the on the go at the moment, you just take it and move on. Yeah, because the alternative is you drop points and a blip becomes a crisis. Well, it's it's. I mean, no doubt we'll we'll, we'll talk about this, much, you know, quite a lot throughout the night. But um, I mean, th- there was a th- th- there was a thing that really kind of. I mean, look, the first thing, Clayton. Let's let's be really honest here. You know, we we were all saying on Friday because, of course, we you were with us on Friday, so you know exactly what we were saying. And 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 I and I kind of had that question, didn't I? That is this a must-win match or a must-not-lose? And if I recall correctly, I was more more on the must-not-lose camp because after two defeats, you know, I mean, I know we're all solidly behind Frank, and we understand that this is a you know a long-term process, and rain wasn't built in a day, yada yada yada. But there's a lot of muppets out there that would have started squeezing his balls tighter, and I'm talking about the media predominantly. Um, so. You know, you don't want to lose three on the spin. Certainly not to West Ham. Certainly not Frank losing to West Ham. So the fact that we did win it, it was a real, you know, this was all about the result. I mean, the performance, and this is the question really, should we write the performance off or should we be worried? Uh, I think we should be slightly concerned. But for, for me, I think that Frank obviously went into that game that it's a must not lose because that's why I picked Jorginho, because I can't see any other reason why I picked him um, for a home game. Um, I just, I mean, it was, 
<laughs> I can't wait for Jonathan. Uh, it wasn't. I'm letting him very brew. Good. I'm letting him brew. I know. I know. I know. I know exactly it wasn't very good. Sorry, my I mean, it was a, it was, it was a, I know it was a bizarre performance because basically it was two 15 minutes uh, segments bookending uh, 60 minutes of utter, utter shite. Um, now, obviously, said it before on the fan cast, you have to give the opposition some credit for what they did. Um, perception is that they changed the way they played after 15 minutes. They got on top of Jorginho and that was it. Uh, but there's there's no excuse for some of the, the sloppy play, you know, for players who know better. I think Asby started off pretty ropey, but he hadn't played for months. So I, I give him a pass and I think it's always difficult coming on. But I think the, the problem was that by the time this, the first half had sort of finished, it was two against five in midfield. And you can't do anything. I mean, for some reason, Jorginho positioned himself as the third centre back. There's a lovely quote. Um, uh, I, I've got. I don't think it's in the in the notes that I wrote, but this was from Chelsea Youth, uh, which I thought was devastatingly accurate. Is how I would how I would call it. I think this might be something I retweeted. But yeah, he says a full ninety seconds of Jorginho sitting between the centre backs, going nowhere, and not being in a position for them to pass forward to him ends with him losing possession with another aimless pass. Yeah, no, I, I, I did retweet that because that, that summed it all up. I mean, yeah. God bless him. Well, it's a good question. Yeah. I mean, JK, I, I think we've waited long enough to... Like, I'm going to let you blow off a bit of steam and then I'll ask you a question. No, I've been training. I'm too knackered. <laughs> you, <I> mean, <laughs> no, no, I have to know. Your fans are so disappointed, man. You know what? I know. I was. I mean, I got called reactionary last night. Who? Who by? Um, uh, Claire McConnell. Good old Claire. Lovely Claire. Yes, but she she said she loved you in the same breath. In the same breath, but at the same time, yeah, yeah. But no, so I thought I'd be quite reasonable before laying into them. Um, um, I, I thought when you said Clayton, you said um, credit to the Hammers. I, I thought all they needed to do was just, you know, look at the weakest link and then just try and play on him. But, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just sort of slightly despair of the whole th- of of Frank not doing anything. And in the second half, I just I, I was tweeting on a I've, I've got a group a WhatsApp group of people that it's I've been parlor. to uh, lots of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been to lots of. I retract games. that. That was a horrible <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> it's called parlor games. That's more yeah. like it. Yeah, that's better. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was playing a video game. I wasn't watching. I was playing um, Temple Run. Playing FIFA and making a much better fist of it than Chelsea, mate. I expect. Yes. Yeah. Well, now in fact, it was, it was a lot of people that um, I've been to the uh, Champions League final and been to uh, um, the uh, the Europa League final with, and they're they're all. Um, they're all a bit posh, I'll be frank with you. They're all one's a, a sir, one's a psychiatrist, Sir Simon Wesley, who's a um, Chelsea fan, and Claire's on that on um, on that as well, actually. And uh, and and I was just just in despair about what was going on for the whole of the game. Um, but why? Because we won, J.K. No, no, uh, yeah, no. I knew you'd say that. I was about to say before you facetiously come in and say we. That was won. not facetious. That was oh, a fact. Was. It was a of fucking course. fact, mate. Yeah, it's a fact, but it's still undermining my... my <laughs> Only in your mind, mate. In Only my, in your okay, twisted in mind. My mind. Another Mr. Psychiatrist. Um, but, um, uh, but, uh, Have you seen uh, all these books? You see, there's my proof, mate. There you yeah, go. I know. Well, I like the fact that you've got that. If we were to be having a, 
a live interview with you, we'd, we'd close up. You'd be rearranging the books, get rid of the Chelsea ones, wouldn't you? And I'd be you spelling know? C-U... No, not that one. <laughs> 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 I'm the type of thing I'd be but doing if I was ever on CV. You're sure, sure it's not a, uh, just a door, JK? It's, it's a full shelf. <laughs> a full shelf, yeah. No, I felt, I felt that because I, and I tweeted, um, uh, what is Frank doing? Frank's got to do something to change this. This is absolutely abysmal. And lo and behold, he actually brought Kovacic on. As we all agreed, Kovacic completely changed yeah. it. Even Frank and, said so afterwards, to be yeah, fair. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But then why did it take him so long? And, you know, I just think, or uh, do something, just tell Jorginho to do, I don't know, do something. I mean, from my point of view, he just shouldn't pick Jorginho ever again, unless there's, I suppose, there's a context where we think he's actually doesn't matter, he doesn't need to defend. All he's going to do is try and unlock a very dodgy team that just wants to put a you know, double block on and, and not attack at all, except just boot the ball up the pitch and run after it. But no, he can't play in that setup either because he's not quick enough. I would just, uh, there were several players who played last night. I just forget it, forget it for the season. Emerson, my God. I just put at the beginning, see how many times Emerson passes the ball back? Every single fucking time. <laughs> he does not ever take anybody on. He did one cross in the corner. When There's one great moment, if you notice, towards the end of the game, where he looked up to cross and kicked the ball away from him because he just tapped it to the to the to a West Ham player. And it went like it went off for a throw, luckily. But uh, you know, you just think, come on, just sell him. Jesus Christ, Frank, let's just get rid of him. Get somebody in who actually manages to compete in this situation rather than just diminishing the standard. And yeah, Aspi wasn't up to it. There was a terrible moment where Aspi almost came a go gave a goal away when it went under his foot. And you go, no, that's absolutely unforgivable. You can't play like this. And they were just fortunate that for some strange reason, Hammers failed to put the ball in the net. I mean, I've, I don't think I've spent, well, it must have been about 40 minutes thinking, come on, they've got to score. We're just absolutely shit. Come on, come on, they're going to score. Put me out of my misery. Score, make it 1-1, they'll make it 2-1. Then we then let's valiantly attempt, put some subs on and fail miserably to get parity or get a lucky goal or something. Whereupon Kovacic comes on and Tammy scores two fabulous goals. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, 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 I'm taken aback. You think, all right, if, if they're going to actually play, if they're going to play better, uh, um, um, thank goodness for that. As you said, two 15-minute bits. No, and, but uh, amidst all the dross, Silver, fantastic, fantastic performance. Um, um, Street World Club and Kante, fantastic. Back to his best. Love it. Mount, brilliant. Um Werner, I mean, we're going to have to write some kind of book on him. It's, That's all right. You... You're doing the whole show in, in the reduced Shakespeare that style that you do. So I'm going to go home in a minute. Actually, yeah, I already am home, aren't I? What am I talking about? What are you talking about? But yeah, we'll get on to it. But I, the poor man. It's like it's like me um, when I was playing for the the uh, the under 12s, being asked to play in the first 11. And I was four foot six. And, uh, and I, 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 I was scared. I spent the whole of the game. He looks scared. I, I'm just completely... And he, and he doesn't run and he holds the ball on his feet. You just think, oh, God. Anyway, I don't want to, I, I don't want to go through. No, no, I think I, that on a scale of one to ten, that was about a six for you in terms of I know, it was, it was. I know. I gave you Emerson. Cecil B. DeMille said to John Wayne once, give, me, give it some more ire. That's right, that's right. He didn't actually thought, say that. But... No, he thought it was awe, actually. Awe! Surely yeah, he was the son of exactly, God. <laughs> exactly. It's not ire. Ire would have to be, it's ire. Oh, but yeah, no, no, I mean, no, I, I, I come with opportunity. I just, I just thought, uh, absolutely bizarre. Bizarre. But I, I see, the thing is, JK, I, I, personally, I, you see, 
we've been on we've been we've been yeah 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 yeah. but not just that you see look this is a west west ham right a derby match if we'd have been there there'd have been absolutely i mean i've sat next to clayton and the west ham derby predicting that uh little p would score in the last minute and he bloody well did they have mugged us off more than i've been mugged off by anybody before so to to turn the tables on them and mug them off and actually three nil you look at that in years to come you go cool we battered them that day and they'll remember that so we won't remember that this was all shit. Anyway, I want to move to Martin. Oh, no, it was like Brighton, very quickly. It was, it, the other yeah, compromise yeah, game yeah. was Brighton, beginning totally of the right. season. How did we beat Brighton? The same thing. Yeah, totally I like to right. think we made progress. But this I was did. more fun because it was West Ham. Yeah, yeah, because it was the Hammers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, now, I, agree, I, agree, but anyway. I want to ask Martin a question, which kind of comes out from what, what we've all been saying, really, which is, uh, um, I mean, look... I I don't really there there are very few Chelsea players I utterly despised or or wanted to coat off with unfailing regularity. You know, if they play for Chelsea, you know, I'm going to love them because they're Chelsea players. And and that absolutely applies to Jorginho and you know, I I I think Jorginho has tried to improve and to fit in and to to do a job for the team. I mean, he could have he could have ratted out and gone back to Sarri whatever. You know, there are things, there are many things I like about Jorginho, but I think Clayton and, and you, Martin and JK have all pretty much, and Chelsea youth have all pretty much said the same thing. I mean, I wrote in the notes that, you know, he lo- he loses possession far too much for me in dangerous positions or, or gives a free kick away in dangerous positions. Um, Now, we're not Frank, and as we all know, we're not on the training pitch either, but I... I if you've got Kovacic there, who was our Player of the Year last season, you've got Billy Gilmore, who who's won three Man of the Matches out of about five appearances. What on earth does Jorginho offer to this particular team playing this particular way? What does he offer them that Gilmore and Kovacic don't? I don't understand it, Martin. Well, against the opponents we were playing yesterday, he offered absolutely nothing. We knew West Ham were going to press, press up. We knew they were going to pressure us they've got a lot of height in the team and he was just completely ineffective like you said earlier he was playing as a third centre back at times and then that leads to him giving the ball away putting putting other players under pressure because he's given them hospital passes across the six yard box if he's doing this recycling of possession if he's doing it further up the pitch and therefore there's a little less danger if he screws up and loses possession or gives it away you could be a little bit more indulgent but some of those mistakes he was making yesterday could if West Ham had been in the mood finishing wise, could have yeah. easily led to goals because certainly at the start of the second half, it was he played a I can't remember the exact details, but he was putting as Pilaqueta, who as we've already said was a little bit ropey, but he was putting him under pressure with some of his passes. I think he was trying to test Thiago Silva's patience at one point and Zuma as well. And it's yeah, I Gilmore I don't think's fully fit yet. Yeah, I know he I, he looked very good against Krasnodar, but I think they do want to ease him back. There are he's going to get opportunities. There's a shit ton of games coming up, and Kovacic is he can be as hit and miss as Jorginho as well. Yeah, he's not perfect. He just, I know. That. No, he's, he's far he's far from perfect, but his mistakes tend to be a little bit further up the field than Jorginho's. At least well, he runs with the ball, Martin, and he runs at players. And I think. You know, we've been learning. Well, I've been learning a lot. I can't speak for you lot because you probably knew already. But one thing I have noticed is that one way to beat this uh, almost kind of man-for-man press that a lot of teams do now is to do exactly that, to pick up the ball and run with it because that in itself will create space. 
Uh, yeah, Kan yeah, Kante does it. Silva does it. Uh, Kovacic does it. Uh, Jorginho does it. Doesn't it every time? Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, if you, and also, if you play the right forward pass, you can cut four players out of the equation straight away. Yeah. And we've seen that a couple of times as well. One of the main exponents of that, I think, has been Thiago Silva. Mm-hmm. He's played rather than playing a floated ball across the top, he's arrowed it diagonally, and all of a sudden. There's an overload on the other side and he's cut three players out of the equation. Jorginho's circulation of the ball with short passes tends to put us under pressure rather than well, create pressure the other way. Certainly if he passes it to the opposition. But I mean, one, what I would say as well, I, I think Clayton was kind of alluding to this too, but and, and Jonathan, to be fair. Um, I don't think it was just a question of Kovacic coming on because I, I was hoping when I, when I saw the team, given that... Jorginho was effectively coming in for Havertz that Kante would still be at the base of the three but he he wasn't he was he was in this kind of more freer role with Jorginho in the base and lo and behold it wasn't just about Kovacic coming on uh, Clayton it was the fact that Kante then went back to where he is best and suddenly we looked a different team didn't we yeah I mean I, I think the thing with Kovacic and I I've got no proof for this and I, I really don't and it's just a <laughs> Rubbish, really. But um, I just basically think that Frank played him uh, a couple of things. Maybe one, because he didn't want to get Cover injured before the Arsenal game. Um, or two, because he's a squad player. He's done really well. He's a nice guy. And so he played him. Now, he's I've got no proof of that. Well. He is experienced. And, and, and the thing is that if you look at the first 15 minutes... He played really well and he was spraying the ball about and everything was great. And then West Ham put two guys on him, pressed him, and that was it. He, he you know, he became a false centre-half. Um, I I just don't get it. And and like, um, like JK and probably like the rest of the Chelsea supporters, I was screaming at my telly from half-time onwards, you've got to do something. Because it was just absolutely fucking hopeless. And it, 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 all we did was invite West Ham on. And, okay, I say that, take note of the opposition. You didn't have to be good to play us last night. During that, that sort of hour period, it was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre. It was just like we were, we were giving up. And it... it the, we just needed somebody to to sort of to to take the game by the scruff of its neck, and nobody was doing it. And as you said, I mean, Silver was magnificent last night. And I get what J.K. says about Emerson, and I. It's funny, isn't it? What was it? There was a game a couple of weeks ago where we all absolutely staggered. I think it was the away game of Sevilla, wasn't it? Yeah. When we won four nil, and he was he was excellent. He played well. He played really well. And yeah. last night, he just looked like a pub player again for a lot of it. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I sort of read, I think it might have been the athletic piece where they were talking about the fullbacks, that, that Asby had the most challenges to, to regain possession, followed by Emerson. So the bottom line is we can get on Emerson's case, but, but we had a clean sheet last night. Um, and the defence, again, played really well. And they bloody had to. <laughs> because does that, does that not say that there's a there's a problem with the attack then? If they defensively they are pretty solid, 
Yeah. No, I, I, I well, think, that's what I think Simon said, all our it? problems this season have been in the middle of the park, except for two or three games, and it was it was the one before it it was the it was a game, was it the the away to Krasnodar where we basically went Kante um Mountain Habits Mount and Habits for the first time for the second half of that game. And then for two or three games afterwards, until Havert got COVID, I think it was up to Burnley, the midfield looked fantastic. And it was the first and first time this season. And since Havertz has had COVID um, and come back and not 100% right, the, the midfield's just not looked right. Mm, it's very good. JK, I mean, it's, I think I, I know the article that, that uh, Clayton's talking about, one by Simon Johnson in The Athletic. And, he he kind of puts forward a. I mean, actually, Clayton's point is absolutely spot on. You know, we 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 did defend very well, and you know, Aspie certainly is is better defensively than he is going forward. We've we've known this for years. I also thought he looked a bit rusty, which is hardly surprising because he's not had much game time. But Simon's point was that, you know, when you take Reese James and uh, Chilwell out of the side, it's the whole kind of Liverpool. Robertson and uh, yeah, yeah, Trent yeah. Alexander-Arnold issue, isn't it? Because they're actually you know, really, really integral to our attacking play. And you've lost them both, which is just... Um, I mean, this is what this season's going to be like, I think. Unbelievably, infuriatingly frustrating when you lose key players. But, I mean, the reality is Aspie, you know, and Emerson, I think, can do a job. Just perhaps not really the job we need them to do. Well, you you wonder what, whether Alonso's completely burnt his bridges. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, yeah. Off. yeah, yeah but he seems to be very much in the doghouse. He does. Um, the one thing that was key to me was the when I was at the Krasnodar game, you can name an extended bench and Alonso was on it at half time. They all came out to warm up, presumably because there were so many and they couldn't all hang around the dressing room and because it was freezing fucking cold, probably. But um you could see the other subs were doing relatively structured warm ups, whereas Alonso was basically just twatting the ball around as hard as he could with his <laughs> other foot and trying to hit Kanze on the volley it's like it was like when you you work and you notice at work and you just put your feet up and just dick around basically because he wasn't doing anything when when that, does any the, anything that said that he would be um he, he would be coming on anytime soon but you never know the season being what it is emerson could yeah, pull emerson up with a hammy in the next couple of games so when does know, the window so. window open chat jan first isn't it presumably january the first yeah was it jan the first okay I mean, he, he's fallen out with Frank. Well, Frank's fallen out with him. And I, I mean, you know, it was, it, was, it was the West Brom away game, wasn't home, it? Didn't he? He yeah. left. No, he didn't go home. He didn't go home. He basically at half time he went into the coach uh, rather yeah. than sit in the stands for the second half. He sit on the coach on his own, and apparently Frank went on the coach after the game and gave him both barrels. And he hasn't seen any game time since. I mean, it's a very interesting point. I remember we did talk about it a lot of the time, but you know. Sometimes as a manager, in any walk of life, really, you've got to nail your colours to the mast and, and live by that decision. And it sounds like, I mean, we don't know, so this is pure supposition, obviously, but I, I'm imagining that, as Clayton said, he absolutely tore into him and said, you ain't playing for me ever again, mate. And he's probably not... But I, ironically, ironically, he's with, with Chile out. That's what you need. You need him. You don't need Emerson. Well, that's yeah, I agree. But you know, that's what you you know you live and die by those results yeah. as a manager. And you know, that, that's I, I I've been there. I've been I've I've sacked people that's cut off my nose to spite my face. But 
Sometimes you have to do that. You have to show that. Sorry, J.K., you, I, you both talked at the same time and I missed what you said, mate. No, it's okay. It wasn't very interesting. <laughs> what a face. <laughs> you completely thrown me now. I know what we were going to talk about. Well, look, the reality is Chilwell's out for a sprained ankle, may miss the next two games. James, I think, is being managed. Um... I am worried that he's going to have to have a knee uh, knee surgery. He's only young and he's had it. He, I mean, Martin, you've got the best memory among us, with apologies to the other two. Um, he, he had surgery. He's had surgery before, hasn't he, James, when he was at Wigan? I don't or, recall. Or, or in between Wigan and Chelsea? No. Oh, he, he, yes, he started. He he started yeah, he started the season, last season. He didn't start immediately because he, but I don't think that was for a knee. That was for an ankle or something yeah, right. like that. So he broke his ankle, didn't he? That's right. England. that's right. That's right. Yeah, well, I hope they both recover quickly because, as I said, they are fundamental to the way uh, that we play. Um, it's bizarre. Don't you think it's a bit bizarre that you've got two top-class players, supposedly? I mean, Emerson plays for Italy all the time. He's their, he's their first choice left-back, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. As with Georgina. He's their it's first, back, he's their first choice centre-back. Why Dave and him cannot learn to play that ball that enticing ball that the the Roberts and the Terence Trent. Well, you either got uh, it or you ain't got it, mate. I don't think that's the case at all. If you teach somebody, all it is is a it's a curl. You just curl it across. Surely. Well, I think. I think. Yeah, but you natural. remember Asby created yeah. all those goals for Morata, yeah, so he can do it. Yeah, but they no, they weren't. They yeah, but they were different. They were different though. He, he was. They were, it, di- they were different. Go crosses. on, mate. Go on. They were from behind the. Uh, they were halfway up. It was the Eddie McCready cross. He was he was playing as a centre back at the time as well. He was playing yeah, as one of the three. He was so. forward and it was a, a curl into the penalty area. It wasn't going down the line and that enticing ball. Which uh, I've, who who was it played that wonderful pass? Which um, Werner just didn't anticipate at all. But I think at the moment Werner. There were quite not, a lot of them actually. Oh yeah, not like to anticipate anything. Well, can we can it, we talk it, about screen when it came into a station? Werner. I'd like to talk about Werner, and it re- and it relates to you, J.K. Yes. Not that not that any of this is your fault. I hasten to add. Yes. But I was I wrote this down in my notes. And I was thinking about it. But I th- I thought at half time. I mean I don't know how many chances he'd missed at half time, but quite a few. And and I just felt that I really felt for him actually. He's just in one of those horrible ruts of form of, you know, he just he just needs so- the ball's just not running for him. You know, his first touch is awry, possibly a bit of a confidence thing, but. You know, it's just not working for him. And I said that. I said, I really hope that Werner says in the dressing room at halftime in a JK voice. I'm sorry, Frank, but it's just not working for me. I'm small. Exactly. Right on cue. You're a pro. You are I'm a pro. Absolutely. But I, I, I actually, I think it's worse than that. I think he's sulking. No. No, I don't. No, no. No chance. Complete rubbish or, or small rubbish? Yeah. Oh, complete rubbish. Complete Sorry. rubbish. What do you think? I love you in a, in a manly way. In, in, uh, that is you, absolute rubbish. You know, I think on occasions I, he doesn't make an effort. He just stands there. I think he sulks no. a bit. I think he sulks a bit because he's going. I can't do it. What do you do then? It, when, I, think, I think there is. It, I think sulk. there is a difference between him sulking. Yes. And basically being really frustrated with himself. I don't think he's sulking. No, aren't they both part and parcel of the same thing? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I look. I know what you mean, but I, 
I, I have to say, and I and I'm not just trying to be deliberately mean, J.K., but I, I don't, I, you know, I think he's really, really frustrated. He cannot believe he's a look. Remember who he is, okay? He's a German, which Probably. which let's let's be stereotypical for a second. That means he's arrogant. Okay, he can't believe that he he will be anything other than a a blazing success. He's been a blazing success wherever he's been, and at the moment he's playing like I would up front with a with a touch only slightly better. And I suspect it's disbelief. How can how can this be happening to the great Timo Werner? I am Timo Werner from the Germany. This well, does not this happen way, to me. He gives up. He gave up the one occasion he no, got. He didn't. Got the excuse me I, 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 with my own mince pies. I saw it. Yeah, he at the edge of the penalty area. He got the ball in a bit of space. He ran at one of the West Ham players and got instantly dispossessed. And instead of just going, I must get this ball back. He actually went. Okay. What about the time then where the ball was loose and the keeper was near it, and he 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 almost took Fabianski out in his desperation to try and get the ball. That giving up? No, that but that was another example. That was another example of the same thing. It's just he used anger in this instance. Well, fair before point. Channel that anger, it. mate, like an energy. Anger. And what about that terrible moment when he was put through and he just didn't know what to do with it? He just patted it between his legs and then kicked it straight at the goalkeeper. Uh, he's, having, think, he's in a rough. Oh, look hang on, hang on. You know, I'm he's not saying rough, hang on he's, No, 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 I know. He's in. Yeah. A, look, he's in, he's in a rough patch, but I. You know, he's getting... Only three weeks ago, I was saying he'd score every time. I know, well... So I'm bemused as to what on earth has happened to him. And I wonder whether there was something... Well, I think, you know, he just needs needs one to come off his arse from a yard out and he'll be back. He's Because this is the thing, actually, because look, if anybody... I mean, here's another thing, JK, another good stat, you'll like this. He's hit the woodwork five times in the Premier League this season more more than any other player in the division. Now... We are uniquely qualified as Chelsea supporters to be psychologically damaged by what is happening here potentially with Werner because we have seen so many big money strikers come to the club with huge reputations and they've been beyond arse gravy and an embarrassment. And it goes back actually before Robert Fleck, but we weren't really buying world-class strikers Derek before. Kevin. Well, Derek I know, but we Kevin. were... I, I mean, I, I'm him. drawing the line at, 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 you know, people who had great reputations before they came, all right? Robert Fleck... Yeah, that's him. Uh, but, but I'm drawing the fucking line at Robert Fleck, all right? I don't care about no, Alan no, Mays no, or no, anybody Derek else. Kevin. I remember Derek Kevin. Fuck Derek He's Kevin. Um, playing for England at the time. All right, 1963, not allowed to go there. No, because I wasn't even fucking born, so I don't care. I was, I was. But Robert Fleck... Uh, you know, he was he was a highly rated striker um, in in the league at the time. Played in Europe for Norwich. Scored, I think he played for for Norwich in the in the in the European Cup. I don't remember. Anyway, the bottom line was he scored a lot of goals for Norwich, and he was a highly rated striker. He was rubbish for us. Chris Sutton won the Premier League at, at Blackburn in partnership with Shearer. Played for England on the back of it. Had a huge reputation. Came to us rubbish for us. Uh, dear old Kesman, the Baldrick lookalike, had a huge reputation in P- uh, PSV. Uh, one of the top scorers in the Dutch league all the time came to us, and he played like Baldrick. Uh, Torres, I mean Torres, actually, I think in the final analysis, did okay at Chelsea, but nothing like the player he was at Liverpool. He was hobbled. That's what we reckon. Morata had a decent season, broke a fingernail, spat his toys out of the pram, and he was rubbish. So there is a thing about Chelsea strikers, but here's the thing, J.K. I do not think for one minute 
that Timo Timo Werner is in is going to be the same. I think there's too much about I'm, this kid. I've never hinted at it. No, I wasn't I saying he... you were. I know, but you're saying J.K. I was including you in the conversation, you mappet. No, That's he all. Was specifically telling me that you know I was. Oh, okay. To... I'll say I don't think for one minute, Martin, that he will fall there into that are. category. Thank you very much. Martin, he's blaming you now. I don't uh, think for one minute, Clayton, that he will fall into <laughs> that category. Your fault now. <laughs> I've not... Did you miss Shevchenko off that list on purpose? I... No, I didn't. I, I forgot him. <laughs> That's oh, how enough. shit he was. I forgot him. <laughs> Um, I, I, I must say, with regards to Chris Sutton being on that list, one, I never want to be reminded of that prick playing for Chelsea again. Two, he had some set of balls on him on the BBC digging out Timo Werner for the chances he missed. And the replies afterwards from people on Twitter say, yeah, we saw you in a Chelsea shirt. Shut up. <laughs> no, exactly. That's the one that was, yeah. that was, that cheered me up almost as much as, you know, mugging West Ham off when I saw that. That was it. He's a, he is a muppet of the first. That he's doing, like, he's doing good things on dementia. He I is. No, credit fair for that. play. Fair but play. his, the rest of that. his punditry is basically just a slightly lower tone version of TalkSport when it gets quite boring. He was really decent at Blackburn, and I was bitterly disappointed that he didn't come good. Because I, I think I think we bought the wrong oh, S. <laughs> yes, yes, it could have. We been should have bought Sherwood. Oh, do, you, I, I, do you know something? I, I just oh, don't. I feel sick. <laughs> can I just say that both Fleck and um, Sher- Sherwood have got me going now. <laughs> both Fleck and Sutton had debuts where they both had fantastic chances to score. Sutton had at least two one-on-ones. Fleck had some good chances. And I've always wondered whether if they'd scored on their debuts and hit the ground running, whether anything would have changed. You know, like Costa. Costa scored on his debut. Yeah, the thing is, we we can talk about Werner. Torres had a and, shocker of a debut as well because I don't think he should ever have been put in to start against Liverpool. No, first I mean, game. playing him against Liverpool was just so wrong on so many levels. But I just, I, I don't see that with Werner. I mean, you know, we're forgetting the guy's got eight goals already. <laughs> it's really not like he's... I don't care. I really I don't do. care. The, do. the fact is, so basically you look at the goal that he made at Newcastle, you look at the goal that he made against Leeds... I mean, this is a really top-class guy and, you know, he's young, new country, etc. If he's still doing this this time next year, then fine. But he won't be. He won't be. And I'll tell you what else... Quadrado did last night, which I slightly despaired of, which was he beat two men, uh, looked up and then passed it back to, uh, to Asby. And I thought, now, come on. You really are lacking in confidence if you're going to do that, mate. Well, I that think really I think a lot of them do that, and I I, I think that's to do with the design not to give the ball away to keep possession yeah, yeah. and well, to rotate it's it. Take, it's taken him over. Whether there were too many. J.K. Teams. I yeah. hate it myself. It fucks me off about Hudson Odoi when he does it because I'm sitting there like you are going, take him on, take him on, take him yeah. on, and he doesn't well, because there's nothing on, so he passes it back to keep possession. Day. Yeah, with Andrew in the other day. I said, you are known for taking people on. Take people on, you know. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Tammy, all of you, in the same breath as Timo Werner, because I think that that is um, something that works really, really well, having those two together. And we're going to talk about that in part two in a minute. But before we do, uh, I need to alert you to the mighty CFC UK fanzine, which both Clayton and I write for. Uh, did you, would you? I haven't read through it all yet, actually, mate. Just you can see they're they're all behind me. See, Clayton, there you go. 
There's, there's my CFC UK. From, from... It's completely set up perfectly, isn't it, for somebody to do, for some journalist to take a picture of you. Oh, nice. It's just, you've got a cricket ball there, you've got all these other Shall things. Let's go, go. You've got your awards, you've got... No, your... no, no, they're, they're, all, they're all up there, mate. They're you've all got up your there. Alexa. Oh, yeah, when we could pan across, I could pan across using you and then we'd see the awards. Cricket ball. Yeah, for everybody. Uh, my mum, my mum oh. gave me that blue lion. Yeah, yeah, blue lion. Tankard from my grandfather, my departed yeah. grandfather. Yeah, well, perfect for drinking it, ale. It looks like an Alexa, actually. So it's, I wouldn't say. No, it my, don't don't say that because it'll start chiming up. You know what it's like. And uh, there's my cigar humidor, of course. You know, of course, every office of should have one. Um, anyway, well, you've distracted me totally now. I can't remember what on earth I was talking. About. I know CFC you, UK. You, yeah, you were going to ask me about it, and I you am wrote, very you, ashamed to. See. Well, you what did you don't go on you first? No, I haven't really looked at it yet. I, I have. Even... Sorry to and? interrupt. Uh, well, no, I, I was told to look at it by the editor, and there was a birthday mention for me. So there thank was, you very much. there was, there was. Did you read my piece? Not yet. Okay. Did you read my piece, Clayton? No. No. Well, I've, I, hardly, I've hardly opened it. I haven't even read my piece. No, yet. I haven't either. I haven't read it yet because I've been busy. But do let me know what you think of mine. It's rather different than it normally would be. Oh shoot! Okay. I have. I've I've skimmed it, and I'm not. So gonna is that why you said old shit? No, 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 no. It's it's different. <laughs> I'll I'll leave it there. It's what is, very what do you different. Think? Do you like it? Um. What you is, gonna... he's gonna, I think he's going to get a restraining order out soon. That guy, Lawrence. I thought it was very <laughs> clever because it didn't refer to him by name. It is obviously the target was. <laughs> well, if he, he can he can think that I couldn't possibly comment. Anyway, you'll all have to go and buy a copy so you can have an, any idea what we're all talking about. But uh, as you all know, we obviously can't get it in person at the store because, of course, we can't go to games. But you can still get it either digitally uh, by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. Or you can get a proper proper copy by post uh, for a couple of quid, which includes first-class postal delivery. And to do that, you need to uh, email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. So there you go. Uh, part two coming up. We'll be talking about Tammy. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. Uh, him over there is uh, Mr. Jonathan, the Right Honourable Jonathan Kidd. Hello. How, how the devil are you, Squire? Devilish, thank you so much. You've been training, did you say, earlier on? I have. I was training. I what was kind doing, of training? I was doing sprints on my sprints bicycle. Sprints on your bicycle? You do one minute at speed, then you have one minute off, then you do another one at great speed. They're called, um, they're sort of HIT, uh, high-intensity training. SHIT, did you say? Yes, SHIT, <laughs> fit intervals, exactly. At your age, mate, I tell you, you're a marvel. You are a marvel. Well, well okay. What, you know what, at 80? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, uh, we've you. also got the lovely Martin Wickham, who actually, you know, he runs a lot. You know, Martin's a runner. I've been a very slow runner, but I've been most, <laughs> I've been very static for the last couple of months. Due to a bit of back nap, but I've got a dartboard in the hallway. So that's my, yeah. that's my fitness regime for the next few weeks. Game for gentlemen. I like that. And uh, last, but by no means least, uh, one of my favourites on the fan cast and the housewife's choice, of course, it's uh, Mr. Clayton Beerman. 
Hello. Lovely to see you, dear boy. Lovely to see you all. In fact, actually, I thought, you know, before the show tonight, I thought, how lovely on the kind of the Christmas show I get to play with these chaps on a, on a Tuesday evening. I'm really looking forward to that. It's an off and no, Not like that. <laughs> Goodness gracious Clayton, me. Do you get fan mail, Clayton, from women? From All no. the time. He gets knickers, too, signed. He does. Oh. I get nished. Nished. All right, moving on. Uh, right, we were talking about Tammy before the break. Uh, well, we are talking about Timo Werner before the break, but uh, I do think, um, and I'll get on to this in a minute, that, uh, you know, Tammy, well, we we had a whole show called TNT, didn't we, the other week? They're dynamite, and I think that they really are. Because I think Werner is not a proper winger. He's not going to do what Pulisic does or Cho does or Ziyech does. He's more of an inside forward that will cut in from a wide position. And we all and I think Werner likes to play with a striker that complements him. And I think Tammy does that because Tammy will move all over the place and open up space for him. He'll he'll also lay the ball off. You know, he's an intelligent player up front. And I think that that works very, very, very well with Werner. Whereas Giroud is more one-dimensional as a striker, albeit one of the best in the world, I think, at what he does do. But I don't think that works so well with uh, Werner. So I think these. I think it was really good to see those two together, and boy, did it come off later on in the game. Now, um, this is what Liam had to say about Tammy. I thought this was really good, so I thought I'd, I'd grab it off Twitter. Uh, Liam Toomey, who writes to The Athletic, friend of the show, of course. He says that Abraham deserved the first goal, not just for his movement, but for the chest off to mount which started the move. That's the kind of sharp link-up play Giroud does better than just about anyone, and Abraham is getting better and better at it. Here's a stat for you. Tammy Abraham is the youngest English player to score 25-plus goals for Chelsea since Kerry Dixon in 1984. Clayton, what do you think? I think he played very well last night. I think on Friday... I actually quite hoped that he would play, uh, principally, and this will make you laugh, especially JK, that I thought um, when he played, Werner played better. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I thought he was great. I thought he took his goal. Is this now the time to basically say, and I saw this a lot on Twitter, when Tammy scored, I didn't move. I just had assumed it was offside. I didn't yeah, celebrate the I, I goal. Pretty much at tweeted all. exactly the same. I don't know whether it was a camera angle or whatever it was. I just thought, oh, that's offside. It's because I could, it's because on the when I was watching it live, I couldn't see how far onside Cresso was planning. No. So I've just looked and gone, shit. He's miles. Wait for it. He's mile, probably miles off. And then I've looked it on the replay and realised what an idiot I was. I looked like, but you don't see it on the on the camera show. If, if you've been in the ground, you'd have probably seen how he's he's well on Cresswell's Adam there. But yeah, like much the same. We've gone two 0 up, and I'm just sat there going, "I'm going to wait, yeah. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, thought, I'm going to wait." But what a beautiful What's goal! That? What's wrong with that though? What's wrong with not celebrating well, that when we thought it was offside? It's not a VAR thing. We just yeah, but you, no, no, well, it is because it's, basically, it's having to suppress your initial reaction exactly. just to jump off the sofa and go ape but, shit. And instead, we're like, "Oh, it's probably going to get fucking chalked off." No, so no, I don't no, want I'm to sorry, do anything. As a, as a ref myself, as a qualified ref, I never <laughs> ever react until I know whether or not it's it's a goal or not. So I'm not going to. I never. I'm ever, not. I, I, I'm not a qualified I, ref, as you might have guessed. No, 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 indeed, <laughs> no, no. So I never ever. Uh, people always around me go, "Go, go!" And I say, "It's hang on, wait, wait. No, no, it's a goal now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it may be offside. Hang on. Oh, it's a goal. Yeah, well, but I'm not going to 
I'll put your fun at parties. No, no, no. I'm being. I'm sorry. I'm painting myself in a bad way here. I don't mean that. When we're watching in the ground. That's why I haven't said anything. I don't need to at the moment. When I'm watching in the ground. Shut up. When I'm watching in the ground, you and your Guinness. When you are everybody at home. I'm thirsty now. Fucking this sodding can. Um, No, when I'm in the ground, it's easier to see. And I'm always the one. Whenever the linesman's got his flag up. I always go, it's offside, it's offside. And everybody's going, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. I said, look, for goodness sake, his bat has to be offside because where he was positioned when the ball was played, he's offside. Oh, OK. And last night was the same. I thought, he's offside, but let's just wait. I don't, I'm not feeling, oh, my God, VAR's really making this game awful. Uh, you know, I'm waiting. I just thought, oh, it's probably offside. And it wasn't. And it's well, great. I, it's I, I think that you are in the minority because I think had I been in the ground or... Had there not been VAR, once we'd scored and it hadn't been flagged for offside, I would have celebrated. I mean, no, no, I'm not uh, denying. I'm celebrating. No, no, no. I know, I know you're not. But we're we're going off off piece because we're talking about Tammy. The bottom line is, um, the goal was beautifully taken and the finish for the third was fantastic. The finish for the first one. Sorry, Clay. The finish for the first one was superb. Yeah, it was outstanding. Because he turned his turned his body and his leg to make sure it was really well taken. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's great, and I'm, I'm I'm glad to see it. I mean, but maybe different approach against Arsenal. I don't know um, who's going to be fit and what have you, but um, but I think it's great. We've got two strikers; they're both scoring goals. Can't ask for any more, really. No, it's great. I mean, Martin, I thought, I thought, I mean, as 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 you all said, and it 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 does, but it does bear repeating. And I thought. I thought number one, both were exceptionally well taken goals. I thought that first one particularly, and and I I agree, Jake. I, I he looked miles offside to me, but he obviously wasn't because you just don't get away with these days. But because he, he was just in so much space, it just seemed yeah, completely incongruous. But Martin, I thought he took that really really well. I thought it was an exquisite finish. Uh, but I also thought the second goal was brilliant as well because yeah. he was in a he was in an odd position. He would have been put off by the fact that Pulisic went for it and headed it, and he didn't have any room to manoeuvre. And it was really quick thinking, and he and it was really good execution to put it where he did. Great goal, well, half volley, half volley goal, fantastic. Yeah. fantastic. It seems to me that a lot of his goals come about because he's the quickest to react of the players around him. And you know, if he's gonna if he's gonna play like that, and you know, if he, I mean. Does, I think it's the West Brom game where he's equalised because he's reacted the fastest to the goalkeeper parrying it back or it hitting the post or something like that. If you've got a striker able to do that, and he's, he's, going, to, he's going to get goals and he's going to be in the position to score them. Um, and I think the first 15 minutes of the game, his movement, he's buzzing around. He was leading the press at times and West Ham did start very poorly. And Tammy, well, one of the goals that was disallowed was because you know he was quick off the blocks again and he reacted the quickest. So yeah, he's out about that, wasn't there, Martin? About because it because Aspi hooked it back, didn't he? Mm. It was given out by uh, by the the, the yeah, line. it was given out, and um, yeah, yeah. He, he tried to take his life into his hands by questioning Sean Massiellis, and it was just like <laughs> generally, it's like yeah, don't don't don't, don't bother, just don't bother, just save your breath and get on with the game. Right, um, right. but yeah, um, but they failed to check it. Him. You know, VAR couldn't check that. They didn't have a camera down the line. VAR was used for the check. Yeah, I thought it was. It didn't. It didn't check it well. That's what I'm saying. The, the yeah. picture they showed was down by the goal line, and you couldn't see the ball properly. I, I didn't. And, I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't look at it that close. I just thought they saw the ball 
had obviously passed the byline and left it there. I'm, mate, I don't understand why they the chip they use can't be extended for that, but there's probably a technological reason. But back to Tammy Abraham because he got head off piste again. <laughs> um, no, that was yeah, still relevant because he's, he scored yeah. a good goal. He scored a good goal from that. Yeah, and he he's was also the one um, complaining. You know, yeah, time. he's also learning from Giroud as well. And I find it interesting, he got certain pundits trying to create a wedge, like an either-or situation between him and Giroud. And it's quite obvious. Firstly, when Giroud scored four in Seville, Abraham's on the bench, delighted for him. And you can see in here how his strength has improved, his hold-up plays improved. He's learning from him. So rather than buying into the zero-sum game that some in the media are trying to push forward, they're clearly learning off each other. And Tammy has grown as a player because of it. Yeah, totally right. I'm going to read you this out as well, chaps. Uh, games taken uh, by Chelsea strikers to score 20 Premier League goals. Diego Costa, he's the quickest. 26 games, uh, 24 starts. Jimmy Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, 33 games, 33 starts. Tammy Abraham, 49 games, 32 starts. Diego, uh, Didier Drogba, 50 games, 34 starts. Nicholas Anelka, 51 games, 43 starts. Fernando Torres, 110 games, 72 starts. He is, is in, in the Premier League. Yes, yeah, just, just in the Premier League. Just not Jimmy Greaves. So Derek Kevin doesn't count. Derek Kevin. No, no, Kevin was a disaster. No, Jimmy Greaves. No, no, Premier, it's Premier League. That's that's what it says. Don't spit it out. I, it well, like, it's because it annoys it, No, because it annoys me too, because football didn't start in 1992, I know. But Indeed. this was just a statistical comparison. And the reality is he's in good company there. He's ahead of Didier Drogba by a goal. Uh, of course, the irony being, as we know, that it took Didier a while to really get going for Chelsea. But Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, he's uh, he's behind him. But I mean, you know, that's I think you know this is the point, and I think this is a this is a really you know kind of fundamental point to where Chelsea are at the moment, Clayton. Um, these kids are bloody good, and if we stick with them and let them mature as football players. They are going to get better and better and better because they have the hunger, they have the desire, they want to play for the club, but more importantly, they want to learn and they want to improve themselves. And I, we, we, I think I wrote an article about it the other week. We've talked about it on the podcast. You know, you can apply that absolutely to Reese James, Mason Mount, and Tammy Abraham. They really want it. Yeah, I think it's fantastic because I think it's it's something that we've wanted for years, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's something that apparently Roman wants or wanted, uh, which is why we spent so much on the academy. And there is a conveyor belt of talent coming through. Um, and it's only the Muppets, as we've discussed previously, who get on their cases. I mean, they're really lucky. You know, we're really, really lucky. So the next cab on the rank is Billy Gilmore. And then we've got Andrew in and uh, Gallagher looks fantastic. Um we're very lucky. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think proper Chelsea fans don't get on their case and give them the time to, to, to make mistakes. Because, yeah, I mean, Tammy, you know, Tammy has not been great at times this season, but at other times, like last night and, and other games, he has looked good. So, you know, I, I think you have to accept these players for what they are. They're not perfect now. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, Mason last night and, and you know, Reese James, it was really interesting actually, because Reese James was, was sorely missed last night. I love Dave. Uh, we all love Dave, but he was sorely missed. Um, and I think it was quite interesting 
I don't know if you remember, even going as far back as the beginning of last season, Frank was saying, um, we're missing Reese James. He's going to be a really big player for this club. They knew. Yeah. And they were right. And he's just got better and better. And it's scary how good he is. Yeah, I love it. I love every second of it. JK? No, I was just saying it, it, it's... Um, you're talking about people getting on players' backs. It, it, it's we're allowed to criticise players because we want them to play the best that they can and we know they can play. But if they consistently play badly and don't seem to fit in to the team, it doesn't mean we're not supporting the side. We're still top supporters of the side. But if somebody plays badly, um, we are allowed to say, I'm sorry, they're not playing very well. It doesn't make us negative. I mean, I got given stick last night for... um, I got people said, "What's the matter with you? We won three nil, almost as if suddenly the result yeah. the result that was is more, Tony. Impo- more important. Than, it was indeed Tony, um, <laughs> and it was somebody else as well called Steve Steve Dickens, who I've been known for ages. Who, but yeah, and I I'm afraid I don't I don't run with that, as you know. I run with we want them to play the best they can. You can see the potential of this side. They are they've got some really terrific players. I want Werner to be as good as he was early on in the season. I'm just telling you at the moment, he's just looking completely off the pace. In the same way, I want Havertz to be as good as he was. And I I'm, you know, I I'm sure that that getting COVID has been a a problem with him, but I don't know why Frank has then been playing him. He should have just given him a, a rest until he was willing to well, come. I, th- I think that has a lot in. to do with the pressure on the squad. And I mean we were talking about Jorginho yeah, earlier on. Playing on the wing, yeah. absolutely. And, well, therefore, I'm hoping that Zayesh has a game yeah. next week because apparently. But also, so, sorry to interrupt. I'll also, say on the COVID thing with Havertz, and um, I will. I'm obviously nowhere near an athlete, but I had I've had COVID a few months back. Physically, you get better reasonably quickly, but your brain's in a bloody bin for about weeks afterwards. And a lot of what seems to be the issue with Havertz was his his first his mental. Not quick enough. Play. He, yeah, mentally he was like a step behind everyone else. Yeah. So physically, probably absolutely fine. And I'll, I don't see why at his age and at his fitness, there should be no reason for that. But in terms of mental sharpness, not quite there yet. But with any, you know, fingers crossed, it will get better. I think he will he will improve. Although he does look like he's gliding through games when he's even when he's at top speed. He's, well, he's that kind he's of player, F, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. It, 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 was, it was noticeable when I finally saw him live just like he looks like he's lolloping around and you realize he's just well that's that's really you know that's where i mean i'd complete tangent that i'm gonna take you all down i do want to come back to tammy which i promise i will do after this but it's interesting i was watching loftus cheek play for fulham and of course when he's playing for another side you you kind of look at it in a very different way and i thought god he's a lazy fucker he does just doesn't really never runs back he doesn't move around much and and it's interesting isn't it because i remember when when he played for Chelsea, he was oh, that's just the way he plays, you know. He's, he's languid. You no, know. he looks. He looked. I, I caught the highlights with him. It looked like he's playing at centre forward at one point. Well, he, they brought him on as a sub yeah. because uh, they'd had a sending off, didn't they? So they played oh, okay. him as a false nine. Anyway, the last thing I want to say about Tammy, picking up on, on really on what Clayton was saying, I'll be very honest with you, mate. When I see Tammy scoring two goals, I am much more excited to see him score those two goals than I would be if it was Werner. And I'm afraid it's absolutely to do with the fact that he's a young kid and he's and he's been at Chelsea since he was eight. I'm afraid it just means more to me. And I know that sounds a bit weird, maybe, but that's how I feel. I don't feel like that at all, Chooch. Yeah. Feel... You're not passionate I, I, like I am. I've, I've got no, a no bet way. on with someone that... You're a um, robot, mate. You're a referee robot. 
Yeah, but Chidge, I've, I've got a bet on with someone that Vern is not going to score 20 <laughs> goals this you season. Bad, bad man. Bad, bad man. <laughs> so I, I, I initially started as I think I don't think he will get as many goals as Abraham did last season. Making money out of our failure. Mark. I'm not his food, and I'm hoping it's Abraham's, <laughs> take, Abraham's taking up the slack, so I'm not too concerned. Anyway, enough of, enough of Tammy two goals, as we're going to call them from now. Tammy two goals. I like that. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the silver machine. We did a bit earlier on, so we won't have to spend much time talking about him. But um, what a player, J.K. I mean, he, you know, I mean, I, I think that the trouble with with silver is that he he does need a bit of management. In other words, you can't play him every game, not at the pace that we play, and also the burden that he's having to shoulder because, you know, he's our best defender. He's he's doing really well to make Zuma a much better defender. I think he's the leader in the team as well. Um, I love the love for him. Don't you love the love for him? Well, it's when world he scored, class. Scored that goal. He was the the affection for everybody embracing him was just fantastic. But there's a good spirit Frank, in this team. Frank was also very lovely about him in the um, yeah uh, in the in the interview afterwards, and he just said he's. He's he's more than I ever believed he would be, didn't he say that? He said he's he sound, he said he said it yeah. sounded like he'd been he was a little bit concerned about putting in him too many games initially right. because he'd come from France and he just said he's but more or less proved him wrong in that sense. Yeah, yeah. He's de- he's dealt with the physical side of it quite well. He just he just looks effortless. He's controlling he's he's other players are running around trying to get past and he's jogging because he's he's able to he's just managing the game oh, yard in his head, there's he? a weird hullet like quality to that which is that you just somehow the player comes towards you and you know where to pull it away from him so and your body's in the way of it and then he just sprays it and it's it's an effortless thing no he's he's his, his goal was immaculate as well though the 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 brain dead response to the next corner to play it short completely did my head <laughs> You know, you've just you've, you've got just to mix scored. it up, J.K. You got to mix no, it. Up. I can't help it, but I was I had to mention it. They've just scored, but when they get a corner about two minutes later, and so rather than trying to replicate the same thing that occurred before, they play it short to Mount, who then it gets kicked out for a throw-in. For God's sake! Well, I tell you what, actually, the, the the worrying thing about the way modern football is now, and, I, and this is not just a Chelsea issue. I've seen because because we got wall-to-wall football on the telly now. I'm watching a lot more football than I than I normally would. And the number of times teams concede having had a corner themselves is frightening. And I know we've done it a few times. What, but... get, what getting countered? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, I, I would wonder how much that is down to the behind closed doors effect and just mental mistakes. But no, in Arsenal of the 30s used to score all their goals like that. I kid you not. Did they run around in the same formation like that Harry Enfield sketch as well? Yeah, absolutely the same. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. hope they all had pipes <laughs> <laughs> and and beagles and flat caps and, and all. But, but there were there, there, I've said this before. There was an article, and this is before closed doors. This was two, three years ago, because everybody was going mad and saying, "Why are so many people taking short corners?" And the reason why people were taking short corners was for the very reason that Martin just said is that people would just basically break away and score. And that, and so the whole coaching ethos was uh, don't sling it in straight away, manoeuvre, make a position so that you've got a better percentage of getting the ball when it gets in the box. And that's why there, there's, um, there's been so many short corners. Considering now, how, sorry, considering how uh, bad we have been yeah, the last season at set pieces, it got to the point where we'd win a corner, I'd say, yeah, fuck it, nothing's going to happen. This season, it's... Well, we've, we've scored more goals than anybody else in set pieces. 
Yeah, and West Ham conceded their first goal from a set piece yesterday. In 70-odd games. You do wonder how um, whether the guy that's come in from Wigan, whose name completely escaped me, whether he's had any Anthony impact Anthony Barnett. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, that, definitely. He, Anthony Barry was it? Barry, sorry, sorry. Uh, getting my, my bees mixed up. But uh, at least I didn't call him Beerman. I suppose that's something. But no, he, 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 he well, from Martin might be able to tell us this because he's actually been, but... I'm led to believe that whenever we have a set piece, he's barking out orders from the touchline. Uh, not Frank; it's it's him that's that's directing the traffic. I was on the other side, so right. I couldn't. I didn't pick it. But up, he's so. had a huge impact on that. But I mean, we're not conceding many from set pieces, but we've scored more goals than uh, I think than anybody else this season. Certainly, scored more goals this year already than we did in the entirety of last Isn't season. It also, down to the accuracy of the delivery. Which well, we really said this, true. didn't we? No, William taking corners. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the Arsenal fans are finding him slightly uh, <laughs> just loving their disappointing. <laughs> we will be talking about that in a minute, so let's let's keep our powder dry on that. The last point that I really wanted to make uh, of of of, of dematch unting is um, uh, really just how mad this league is now. I mean, we're now fifth. We're only two points off second. Leicester City are in second on 27 points. We're six points off Liverpool, uh, who've got 31 and are in first. I mean, there's, you know, the top 10 is so bunched up in a way that I haven't seen it for years and years and years. And I, I don't know, you know, this league, maybe it's more, maybe it really is more competitive. Maybe there are more good teams or maybe they're more, they're, they're all on, on much of a similar level. Maybe it's down to the pressure due to the rapidity of games and the injuries. Because if you if you think about it, the um, the championship is very like this. You know, the top ten in the championship are usually all very very close together, right to the bitter end. You don't tend to get one that runs away with it. Um, who knows? But it, I, I don't know what it means either. It might even make it more exciting. I mean, it's going to do my stu- uh, my Sweden. If if one week we're second and then we lose the next week and we're eighth, it's going to be like up and down like a bloody yo-yo. But I do think this needs to be recognised. I don't quite know what sense we make of it, Clayton. But it's an interesting it's an interesting situation, really, isn't it? Well, it, it's it's quite good uh, in terms of the champions of the world, Spurs, who were top, um, have got one point out of the last nine, and now they're fifth or sixth, I think now. It's it's bonkers, but I think it's 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 a level playing field in some respects because there's no fans uh, and everybody's knackered. And I think that that's the main thing. I mean, obviously, Liverpool, who everybody was laughing at her playing shit and all this, that and the other, and got wallop 7-2. And now what? Five, six points clear. Six, but this time um, last year it'd have been a lot more. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, it is good, um, and it, maybe it's it's why there's so much inconsistency. Um, you know, Leicester. You wouldn't say that Leicester played particularly brilliantly every time I've seen them. They've had some crazy results. They've lost some games at home, the teams you'd expect them to beat, and yet here they are. The second, uh, handily placed Villa. Villa have got a game in hand over everybody as well. Two, two. Um, they've got two games in hand over us. Have yeah. they? Yeah. 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 So I, I, I think it, I think it's good, but um, yeah, I. It's it's quite interesting because I think a lot of the football, and, and I'm watching too much football. A lot of the football is is pretty dire. 
to be perfectly honest. Um, before our game, I caught a couple of minutes of the Burnley Wolves game, which was just awful, you know. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows where it's going to end up? I think um, the the fact that we can't have five subs is just criminal, absolutely criminal. Well, it's definitely having an impact, JK, isn't it? Because we're seeing all these injuries. Yeah, I think it'll... Uh, well, I think one of my... my... Annoying. One of my fears is that the replacements who come in just aren't quite good enough. And uh, this is why I was saying, you know, surely that Emerson and um, Dave can be taught to whip a ball in. Surely they can. They need to work on the very strengths that the other people ahead of them have got so that they just come in and be replacements. Whereas uh, each time we have a substitution, we're, we're in our hearts. We're thinking this player or even somebody having to play because somebody's injured. This, how will this player play? They don't seem to be up to the standard of the best 11 we've got. And whether that's something that um, uh, the academy provides or and it'll be next season or the season after that we it comes to fruition. But it still doesn't mean that we've got... Uh, uh, the, uh, everybody keeps going on on, 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 on the, all the, the, the TV channels. What a wonderful squad Chelsea have got. But... I don't see any of the replacements being anywhere near the same standard as the as the best team well, we've got. Well, I, I think it's getting better, and I think we did a lot to mediate that, uh, you know, in the summer. But, I mean, you have to remember that what we have said ourselves. You know, we do a bloody show every week, and I remember us saying last season that this is going to, you know, because of the dross that was bought, which is ostensibly what you're talking about, JK, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the dirt trackers, because of the appalling transfer process that we had for three or four years with no cohesive plan, managers yeah. coming and going, bringing in their own fucking dead weight, na-da-da-da-da. Yeah. This is going to take, I would say, conservatively three to five years. Now, I would say that we are ahead of where I thought we would thought be. be. Yeah, and yeah. I think the reason we are ahead of where I thought we would be is because I don't think any of us, hand on heart, really thought that the likes of Rhys James, Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount would be as good as they are. I mean, Rhys James and Mason Mount are, are first on the team sheet. You know, yeah. they are absolutely first team players unquestionably. They get picked if they're fit. We couldn't have said that before we'd seen them play for Chelsea. So I think we're ahead of where we ought to be. But, uh, you know, the great comparison to make, I think, all the time is you compare it to Klopp's Liverpool when he came into Liverpool and he had to rebuild that squad and he got rid of a lot of the dead weight. But it takes time to do that. It takes two, three, four transfer windows to do that. Um, I think that we had an excellent transfer window in the summer. You know, we bought good players with potential, the likes of Werner, and Havertz, we bought good established players like Ziyech. We got a masterstroke in getting silver. You know, we did okay, but it's not going to be all sorted out in one season and one transfer window. But I do, do I do think the I do th sorry, Jake, just to finish the point. I do think if you stick with Frank, the club have got a plan. Frank, Pedacek, Marina are all. Of course, is what we've been. They're saying. all on the same page at the moment. Absolutely, it's the strongest it's been. I just wonder if if we if there were to be any. Um, any players coming in, uh, um, who they would be, which areas at the moment? Apparently, we there's some guys said we're buying Haaland, but really, as well as Rice, that doesn't ha that Haaland one doesn't, doesn't sound realistic sense. to me. No, after, not after buying Werner, if we'd if that had come out before we'd signed Werner, I might have given it a little bit more credence, but um, I think we're sort of, I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I'd bloody love Haaland to join, but we'd have about five strikers <laughs> to, to um, satisfy. And Haaland strikes me as the type of player who um, would demand to be playing every week. So I yes. don't think it would. Right, OK, we're going to move on to part three in a sec and we're going to talk all about the Arsenal-Chelsea match, the Boxing Day fixture, which is often a favourite of many people going to Stamford Bridge. Sadly, not this year. And anyway, it's up at the uh, the Emirates, but it's it's a very popular fixture to go to. But sadly, nobody will be able to go. Uh, so we'll talk all about that. We've got lots of emails for you and an update on the pre- Premier Predictions or the Prem Predictions League, as Kiro likes to call it. Uh, before we do that, just a timely reminder uh, that the Chelsea Supporters Trust... Uh, would love you to join them as a member if you haven't done so already. It's five quid to be a voting member, which means you can obviously vote in the elections they have and on anything else that they put to a vote and attend any meetings that they have. Um, It's free for non-voting members uh, and you can join it by going to chelseasupporterstrust.com and all the details on how to join are there. And you can follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. At a time when supporters who go to matches are more in danger of being cut adrift and marginalised and basically stiffed by the people that run football clubs than ever before, ever before in my lifetime, uh, I think it's really, really, really important that so many of you support what the Trust does. And it tries to really just stick up on your behalf, really, to the club when they infuriatingly and regularly make daft decisions. So there you go. So join up to the Trust. You know it makes sense. Hi, hier ist Flo vom Sprechstunde Podcast. Bei uns findet ihr sämtliche Themen, die die Welt bewegen. Dieser fantastische Podcast hier wird ihr präsentiert von Nike. Nike hat sich mit der aktuellen Find Your Fast Kampagne in den Kopf gesetzt, genau dich noch schneller zu machen, noch ausdauernder, noch sicherer. Mit Find Your Fast ist die Zeit für einfach nur irgendwelche Laufschuhe endgültig vorbei. Du bist schließlich auch nicht einfach nur irgendein Sportler. Lass dich von Nike unterstützen und mach zukünftig jeden Lauf zu genau deinem besten Lauf. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Right, uh, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge. He down there is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. And uh, we've got the wonderful Martin Wickham as well. And, Good evening. Uh, the delightful housewife choice that is Mr. Clayton Beerman. Good evening. There you go. Great to see you all, chaps. Really enjoying it so far. Apart from everything else, it's been a real giggle, which is kind of the point. Now, um, hopefully, Boxing Day will bring us even more rollicking laughter. There is nothing... I mean, you know, I, t- I tell you what, I still think the the funniest match, the match where I have laughed more than I've ever laughed at a football match ever, 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 was the 6-0 drubbing we handed out to Arsenal. There's just something so humourful about beating Arsenal. They're a team that are basically set up for comedy, I think, if it all goes our way. Uh, but before we get into the arse, um, let's focus on us a bit. We know that James... Well, James may start, I think, against Arsenal <clears throat> if they are managing him in the way that they said they would. It looks like Chilwell will be out. But, uh, JK, who else do you think might start against the Arsenal? Um, it'll give Pulisic a go, obviously. Because, but Pulisic is, is manfully trying to get back to his best and is, is, is howling at the, at the 
the skies like a wolf every time he doesn't quite control the ball or get his head on it. And his, he's his a real trier, isn't he? Oh, he's a real trier. His attempted header, um, which gave the ball the uh, he's brave too. Tammy was um, was terrific, but he's just not quite at the races at the moment. But I, I lovely I'm, run through the defence as well. He's done the hard work and then. Yeah. Kicked he's, it on. He's on the getting stone. there. He's so getting there. So annoying. That's he? that was the other occasion when he howled again at the skies. Yeah, the but, but yeah, no, he's he's getting, he's, all, he's he's getting there. He's getting there, and I admire his. Um, uh, I admire his. Chutzpah. Uh, is uh, no, that's the, not the word I would use. Spunk. Spunk. Oh, oh. I like it. Are you allowed to say that in this context? We just yeah. have. We just have it. Too. Um, but uh, rather than individually go through the players you want me to, I I, I actually think that. Um, because we were so poor in midfield, none of the forwards actually got an opportunity to do much in the game. Well, last. until Kovacic that, came that, in, that and did. until Kovacic came on, and then we just saw the power that they had. But um, uh, I hope that Zayesh comes in because um, uh, I think he's he's in mothballs just because he's been injured. I mean, he's a, he's a worry, isn't he? He's getting injured regularly. It's his hammy again. Was it his hammy? Was it his toe before? Is his hammy? hammy I think hammy. before. Yeah, yeah. So they've got they've got players with dodgy hammies. Um, and uh, Werner must obviously start. Hammy Abrahams. <laughs> Hammy Abrahams. Two goal Tammy. Leave it out. I mean, look, Two if if, if if this, um, that's mid, a... midfield wise, well, hang on, hang on. Well, well, yeah. well, let's 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 get to the midfield in a minute. Because if if Ziyech starts, I would start Ziyech, Tammy, and Werner actually, because I think we need to keep playing Werner. Because I think sooner or later, one is going to go in off his ass, and then he'll be up and running again, and he'll score a hatful. Oh, so not not play Pulisic? No, because I think you can. Pulisic needs to be managed carefully. You cannot run this kid into the ground. If you do that, he's like a special toy. He'll break. But he seems to be getting there. I think the more he plays, yeah. the better he seems well, to be may- getting. Well, maybe if ZH is fit, you keep him on the bench. And if we're three or four up, you bring on, you bring on ZH. But, that seems likely. Yeah. I think that's what Frank would do, yeah. But Tammy, Tammy, two, go- you know, Tammy two goals and Werner have got to start. I'd like to bring Giroud on at some stage just to score. Just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, that's I true. Like- but we've also got to, we've got revenge for the cup final here. I want to, you know, let's do them. Let's do them good. Do them. We're going to do, do them. them. Let's do, do them good. Them. Tell me two goals. You get more twos. So uh, the midfield picks itself. So Kante, Mount, and either Havertz or Kovacic. Yeah, Havertz you should play from the beginning. If, because what similarly, Havertz is... He'll get more is, room. Is cla- absolutely classy. It depends what they're going to, how they're going to play Arsenal. They're going to sit back and... Badly, the, hopefully. Boot. Boot the ball up the pitch again as they did in the cup final. I think that I think they'd be less physical than West Ham were on Monday. Yeah. And oh, if they do, they do try that long ball stuff again, like in the cup one, we've got a bit more of an organised backline and goalie. And, and oh, Boomerang is injured. Is he? Oh, yep. okay. Yep. So uh, back back five picks itself again, apart from the fact that we haven't got our two fullbacks. So it's going to be Aspie, it's going to be Emerson, it's going to be Zuma, it's going to be Silver and Mendy. Um, so there I just you go. ask a question about Mendy here at the moment. Yeah. I, I thought Mendy was looking a bit fragile, and I'm wondering if he's still slightly recovered that strange punch that he did towards the end of the game. And I, I thought that he was he was um, put under the um, under the cosh. Who are you pointing at there, Chidge? What's the, that? The person below me, the resident goalkeeping expert, also known as Clayton Beerman. Okay. Would you direct got, your questions to him, I've sir? I've got the same layout, Chidge, as the gallery, so it looks as if you're pointing at my cock. Is he there? Oh, you're, you're below me, are you? You're below me. So who's there? Who's there? No That's one. That's me. <laughs> no one. It comes up. Whoever is whoever is speaking comes up. You've got up it on speaker view. Yes, darling. You should have it on gallery view. Oh, really? Should I? Yeah, well, then you can see us all at the same time. I'm happy. You're at the top. I can see you all. Oh, okay. But it's a tiny screen. 
No, it's not. Well, he's a tiny of you. Why is your ego not dealing with yeah, that? I need to be bigger. There needs you to be more bigger. me. You're in the major, main picture. Oh, well, whatever. Um, what are we talking about? Clayton, he's worried about Mendy. Should we be? No. <laughs> Any more? Did we let in any goals last night? No. There you go. It was a bit of a dodgy punch, though. You've got to be honest. He should have it was that. a dodgy punch. And at the time, I said, fucking catch it. I didn't say that. I screamed it. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't think so. I mean, no, to be honest, the, the defence is, is, the, is the area on the pitch that gives me least concern. How are you with the midfield and, and up front? What do you think he's going to go with on Saturday? Uh, I think he will go with uh, Kante, Kovacic and Mount. I can't see how he can go any other way, to be perfectly honest. No Havertz? No. Mm. No. And what about... I think think it's quite interesting because I don't really know how Arsenal are going to play. Obviously, they're going to play like Brazil 70 because it's us. But... um, no, I, I think we just have to go with our strongest midfield. And at the moment, with, with Havertz not quite there yet, that is our strongest midfield. And that gives us a bit of uh, a bit of bite and, and, a, and a, you know, and it gives us movement, which we just didn't have last night. It makes us less passive. <laughs> yeah, moving the ball around quicker, which is not, I'm afraid, what Jorginho tends to do. Martin, are you broadly in agreement with all of that? Yeah, pretty much. I think we just, just go with our strongest team. Um, they seem to have a propensity for red cards at the moment as well. So if we can wind them up a little bit in the midfield battle as well, that would be all the merrier. I mean, Kovacic is beautiful. He owes yeah. them as well. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he owes them. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I, I am in, also in broadly in agreement with all of what you said there, apart from what I chipped in with when I was talking to JK. I mean, Arsenal are a very interesting side at the moment. I mean, let's all laugh at Arsenal for a chance, uh, for, for a while. It's not something we do regularly, obviously, as Chelsea supporters. But I mean, I've got a few Arsenal mates and I'm telling you now, they are genuinely, they're genuinely worried about relegation. They're talking about relegation. He's four to five on, isn't he, for being sacked, the first manager to be sacked. Well, I'm hoping they don't get duffed up tonight by City because I reckon he'll be gone and then we'll have some other muppet in there and then you know what happens then. They're one down. They're one down. Yeah. There's no no way they're going to be relegated. It's just not going to happen. They are in the same position that we were when in the Mourinho Anas Horribilis. And they're facing well, the same toxicity. And, 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 there, and there's no way that we would have gone down, even if Mourinho would have stayed. No. Oh, and they've just equalised against City, apparently. Thanks, David. Um, oh, cool. I, now, um, I'd also say with regards to relegation, of the two of the three relegation slots, two of them were already filled, in my view. And I'm looking at the teams around them. I, you know, I think Brighton are more likely to go, far more likely to go down out of that group there, possibly Burnley. Arsenal will turn it around eventually I just hope they don't do it until hopefully February just to you know shit them up a little bit I mean for me it would be the funniest thing I've seen happen in football uh, since Leeds got relegated certainly that's the most recent one but before that Spurs getting relegated I think you know this would if, if Arsenal were to get relegated it would be epic it would be like they've never been relegated no it would be 10 years worth of no Arsenal fan that we know would dare poke their head above the parapet for at least 10 years. It would be no. the most joyous thing ever, Martin. But it would make some of those 
awful wankers on that fan channel millionaires through exposure. Well, would it? Uh, would it? <laughs> it would. I mean, every time they lose, that fat bastard Robbie's like, well, I'm going to buy another car. Another Bentley. Yeah. yeah, all right. I mean, I think the reasons for it are very interesting. And, you know, we did make that allusion a minute ago to the Mourinho Anas Herribilis. And I, you know, the, the other thing I hear about Arsenal is that it's a it, it's a very toxic uh, environment. Um, but, uh, you know, one has to say, sorry, Jonathan, do you want to unmute yourself? I think I might have muted you by mistake. Sorry, old Bean. He'll figure it out in a minute. Um no, it's done now. Thank you. Okay. Come on, old bloke. Right. No, no, don't pretend. No, no, don't make that strange noise as if I'm a fish. Well, you look like I don't know what you look like, and but I mean, I have to say, it's one of the most surreal sights. Your face, and it's on its own, is surreal. But when it's backgrounded by that in grass, you look like some kind of weird animated ant from fucking I don't know what kind of kids bloody animated movie but you know what I mean anyway Bugs life. <laughs> I was trying to mute the phone going off in Clayton's thing and I managed to do everybody by mistake anyway enough um, I'm also hearing and as I said I think there are parallels with the Mourinho season for us because apparently the dressing room is very very toxic full of cliques uh, poisonous um, it's it smells a bit. Couldn't be Brazilian by any Well, chance, I'm it? saying the common link is they've got bloody David Luiz in there, and we know, you know, we used to have these rumours kicking around for years that the Luiz was always like causing trouble with his Brazilian clique. He's got his, you know, mate William there causing all sorts of aggro. There's lots of cliques in there, and I'm thinking for Arteta, read AVB because he's a young manager with very kind of focused ideas on how he wants to play the game but he might might not have the balls or the character to 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 you know to to kind of get it out of them particularly when they've got big egos and uh brazilian troublemakers i know who wants to pitch in with that one john martin i'll, I'll, I'll start yeah well i i, I don't think louis is the sole problem there. i think there were some abject tosses in that dressing room long before they they joined um I mean, I thought Arteta was doing a good job to start with because he had singled out the idiots and got rid of them. He did Gwen all right Do- last year, didn't he? Well, yeah, well, they, he didn't start well, but then Guendouzi had done something stupid. He was persona non grata after that, and he kept Lewis around. Even this season, they did okay to win the Community Shield, and they held Liverpool quite well and started well. It's... Very strange that it seems to have fallen apart so quickly, but I don't watch Arsenal every game, so I don't know what's going on. If you speak to Arsenal supporting friends, they'll probably say, yeah, it was coming, or they'll be able to give you a bit more insight. But, yeah, I mean, Arteta Arteta strikes me as a bit of a technocrat as well, like AVB, like you say. I don't get the impression it's completely falling apart, and they're just overreacting because they want them to be in the top six. You know, I I think in... In, in actual fact, they've been playing quite well in some instances. They've been unlucky. Um, the few games that I've watched them, I haven't think, thought it's been a disaster. It's just there's a huge overreaction from the fan base because they're not challenging. John, Jonathan, uh, they've lost eight, They've lost the same number of games as Fulham and only one less than West yeah, Brom. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it, uh, I, I know it's it's dreadful, but at the same time, the few games I've seen them, I've thought they've been unlucky or they've it, it, neither Aubameyang nor Lacazette has been firing. So you just, if the two main strikers are completely off the pace, no matter what, what you what you create, it's not going to happen. And for they also got a off. lot of they've also yeah. got a lot of money invested in a very small circle of players. Yeah, and also, I think they've made a mistake in buying older players as well. Um, that's what. Mm. That's a, and I think William, who's on a three-year contract, has really found his niche there because he could do 
absolutely nothing. But I'm not much sure they're being used in the right way. And as you say, if there's a um, if there's a dressing room uh, um, confrontation going on all the time, it's it's not. They're all going. They're going to be surly. I can legitimately say they're going to be surly. Yeah, I mean, Louise and William together. They need managing, and uh, you know it's got, well. I mean, look. The bottom line is, is that right here and now, Arsenal are utter shit. We're pretty decent, so you know what happens next, Clayton, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in normal <laughs> circumstances, um, that's exactly right. Because what game was it where the, where we had exactly that? And Everton, you know, we went in top of the form. Everton hadn't won in seven. That was a, na- a nailed on. Uh, it's what happens. It's what we do. I mean, it's so annoying. And Everton was a kind of perfect storm, wasn't it, Clayton? I mean, I despair of the fact that we had John Moss. We had that they had fans. Oh, he was awful. Fans in there. I listened to the um, the Everton game where they had fans in again at the weekend, and they didn't boo anything. Whereas with Chelsea, they booed every single challenge. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Non- non-stop. But and, and Moss, being Moss, paid attention to it. Was he giving was, was because, because the crowd was shouting. It was, he, it, no, so, I, I think I think the fact that there will be no fans there will be to our advantage. Yeah, um, right. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, win or lose tonight, it's it's difficult because they're basically they're they're not. I mean, nobody's spanked them. Nobody's really got after them. So they're obviously they're they're difficult to break down. I think they've made lots of mistakes this year. They've had lots of players sent off. Uh, I, I, you know, football's a lottery this season. I, I, I think it's quite difficult. Uh, the, the one thing that I find incredibly encouraging is the fact that Frank knows how important these games are to us as fans. Yeah, and they seem fun. to be, you know, you think about last year away at Arsenal, away at Spurs, how he reacted and how the players reacted after the games. So, I, I you know, whereas Everton and Wolves was a thing, I don't think... Frank's mindset will allow that to happen. I'm not saying he allowed those things to happen, but I, I think it'll be, you know, his game will be upped as well as the players because, as you say, we owe them for the cup final as well. I tell you, <clears throat> excuse me, I tell you whose game will certainly be up, and that'll be Jody Morris because Jody used to play for Chelsea at a time when we could, we never ever fucking beat Arsenal, so it'll hurt more for Jody than it will even for Frank. But uh, <clears throat> I happen to agree did, with you. Did Jody play in the 5-0 win? Yeah. He played sure in the League Cup win. One, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five nil. Yep. Remember that? Wonderful. Yep. Wonderful. Our B team beat their B team, didn't it? But um I tell you what else is nailed on JK. William, who has been just appalling for Arsenal. They hate him. I mean he's done nothing. Well, he- I watched a game where they, they they all said he was absolutely appalling. Well, and I didn't see him playing too badly. Well, he, he just didn't set the game alight, which is what they were yeah, up. He's not been the player for them that he was for us, because I liked William, and I, I was a bit sorry to see him go, if the truth had to be told. Completely. completely. It's nailed on he's going to score against us, isn't it? Yeah, of course he will, yeah. yeah. He's unfairly maligned as well, because his signing for Arsenal came the day after they'd announced was it redundancies yeah. or something like that. So <laughs> he, he will always be associated with that. Agent right. William, Agent Louise, Agent Check. What more could we ask for? Can is they, they... still out? Because no, he's back. He's back. Oh, he's back after getting his head knocked about. Do you think they? they'd take Jorginho in January? No, no one's that stupid. Okay, it's just worth a try. And Sarri, I mean, Richard Sarri's <laughs> still unemployed. So true. Enough. Well, maybe, maybe Sarri will come in to be the manager of Arsenal. Maybe they'll sack Arteta before January, 
Uh, maybe what will happen is we'll murder them on Saturday. We'll absolutely hump them stupid on Saturday. Arteta will get fired. They'll hire Sarri and he will take Jorginho to Arsenal and he'll be rubbish for them. Way! You never know. You never know. He could be back at Juventus shortly if they, if they decide to get rid of Pirlo. Which they can't get rid of Pirlo because he's my hero. Oh. I'm modelling my entire look on... on oh, yeah, well, I'll, I noticed when you turned your head around, you also smoke cigars and drink red wine, so it's getting there. It is. I don't speak Italian, although I'm a pretty good cook of Italian food. I know I? one word of Italian, and it's obscene. So. I know what... Yeah, so do I. Spaghetti. No. <laughs> no, this is... My one's much ruder. <laughs> Cornetto. No, I might have shouted at a Napoli fans once or twice. Vespa. 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 I don't know if you if you were that close to Conte in your seat, John. You might have heard a load of Italian swearing yeah, when he was there. You would have done, yeah. You would have done. Yeah. All right, come on. Let's nail our colours to the mask. Clayton, what's the score prediction for you? Uh nil two to us. Yeah, two nil to us. JK. Four one. Four to one us. to us. Says the man at the bottom of the Prem Predictions League. William uh, will score. William will score. Martin. 1-0 us, William own goal. <laughs> oh, that would, and that eventually would... my brain will come back and give you more prediction later oh, on. <laughs> I, I'm going to go 2-1, which is what it was last year. Uh, I do think William will oh, score. Oh, yeah. I was, um, someone showed the video of that Chelsea end after Tammy scored. Yeah. Someone put it, oh, don't. I nearly got choked by mistake because someone grabbed onto the back of my hood when jumping up and down. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, let's hope uh, we win. That's obviously the most... I mean, I would love for it to be an absolute mauling. I think that would be brilliant. But uh, I think it'll be 2-1 myself. But there you go. Now, uh, we've, got, we've got some emails for you people. We've got some... Actually, some absolutely belting emails tonight. The first one, JK, is from the lovely Barrett Ruin. Are they corkers? Chid? They are they're, they're spiffing. Absolute corkers. Top he's draw. Really, he's surely he's Barrett Rouen, is he not? Barrett Ruin, mate. Oh, goodness, how common. Okay. Dear <laughs> 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 yeah, Chidge and the gang, it's been a moment since I last wrote in. Uh, a moment? <clears throat> I thought it was best to stop putting it off in the wake of our 2-1 loss to Wolves. First, first thing I, I want to say thank you. As a great many of the other listeners have in recent episodes, I thought it best to let you all know, Jonathan included, of course, who I tweeted at the NHS to get a vaccine to as soon as possible. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's reading this. How appreciated you are. Mark and Clayton, don't think you're forgotten. Don't think you're forgotten. To anyone else, please forgive me. Ages ago, Chidge, you wondered if I was based in America or the UK. The answer is the US, California, to be exact. I grew up in London within walking distance of the club. That's how I found it all those years ago. Simple as that. We're ages from getting battered by James Beatty, though, thank God. God, I remember that. Jesus. Yes. Thank you for the work. That, but you remember James Beatty also um, got sent off for headbutting uh, Gallus. Do you remember that? Mike, that was I was there good. that day. Me too. Me Park. too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, madness, yeah. Um, he, was, he was overexcited, is how I put it, James Beatty. Anyway, uh, thank you for the work that you do for the many of us scattered around the world. I'm not sure you totally understand the gravity of what the pod means to us. We do. We do completely, Barrett. This is the point. We love it. We love the fact that we get to you around the world. Brilliant. means to us, but it's gargantuan. Yeah, great word for it. Yeah. For me, particularly this year, what a bloody year it's been, mind you. The pod has meant the world. Coming to terms with this damn pandemic, as well as the fact that in America, actually giving a damn about the people whom you're governing 
is somehow not a prerequisite for government for government employment has been astonishing chelsea and the pod by extension have been a lifesaver for someone like myself who i have to admit sorry to be a downer to the other listeners suffers deeply from depression at times the warm feeling of home that our community and that you are leaders in has provided a couple of times a week has often been the difference between the positive and negative so thank you that's that's lovely of you thank you the effort you put in is appreciated around the world in my previous position pre-pandemic i had to travel quite a lot i traveled to paris qatar and mumbai for work last year and if chelsea were playing i always made a point of looking up on the club website worth doing by the way to the rest of you blue pats where the local supporters club watched matches and went there the fan cast was mentioned with regularity chaps you are more appreciated than you know lovely this is now going on too long i want to mention a few actual football things i'll rush sorry as for kai havertz let's all be patient if not for the fact he's a child in a new country alone by the way then for the fact he didn't get a pre-season caught covid which affects the lungs after all is playing in the prem not a bayern pyramid scheme anymore and all of that during the weirdest year ever while carrying the badge of record signing a badge which crushed shevchenko and torres before him by the way a round of patience is in order, I think you'll agree. I'd urge people to compare him to Wow Felix at Atletico. We'll see him soon. Sorry, Felix. We'll see wow, him. wow Felix. I like wow, that. Wow Felix. Wow, 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 wow Felix. Um, we'll see. Or is he, uh, uh, is it Joe Felix? Joe Felix, isn't it? Joe Felix. Joe Felix. Yes, Joe Felix. Joe Felix. We'll see him soon, but he cost Atletico 113 million quid. And last year was declared a flop. This year, he's the reason the red part of Madrid is top of La Liga, I'm told. Havertz, Havertz isn't a player we've had before. Not quite, at least. We've had genius, but I won't go on about Zola. He needs time and patience. He's been compared to Zidane by half of Germany. And if it means we need to carry him for a year when we weren't supposed to, to, uh, to win the title anyway, let's not rush it and be greedy. If that's what it takes in order for him to reach that potential, then so be it. Finally, I have a simple rule when dealing with trolls, fools, the mad and the like from the internet in regards to Frank and his stewardship, which likely applies post-wolves. It's a simple rule, but it helps sort out a great deal of things. It's the with Frank or excuse me, fuck off rule. It works as such. Oh, you don't like Frank? Fuck off then. <laughs> Another good example. You think Stephen Gerrard was better despite having fewer goals for both club and country, league appearances, league wins or any other mentionable statistic? while Frank also proved better in better in Ballon d'Or voting in Gerard's best year. Fuck off, then. Marcus <laughs> Alonso and David Luiz both appear to have fallen foul of the Frank rule, but it really is quite simple, I'm afraid. I'm so proud to have Frank back and as our steward that I don't think it's possible to feel any other way. He's a little, literal human proof that the weight of a man's character can outweigh his flaws. Frank can't fail as a manager because all he has to do is teach a group of young boys how to be men like him. Eleven Frank Lampards and some like Rhys James are more talented, I'd say, than he was, would, excuse me, would find a way to win the league 20 times in 10 years. So that's all for now and apologies truly for going on. No, you haven't gone on. Best of luck to all of you in future. Thank you again. Keep the blue flag flying high. Up the Chelsea, Barrett. Barrett. Lovely. Yeah, but thank thank you for, for the, the talking about the impact that the, the fan cast has. But we, we really appreciate you as, as listeners around the world. I think it's wonderful. And I'm so pleased that we have that um that cast, as in the fan cast. We can cast around the world. It's with our 
with our large fishing rods and fish reel you in. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's absolutely <laughs> Jonathan, you started off very nicely there, thanking him, and then you just went into the absurd. Yeah. I can't believe I, I saw you on the telly last week. <laughs> oh, oh, I meant to say to you, you know, when, when you were in that minder, Yes, it's right at the start. Basically, I can't can't remember who, who tweeted it. I think it might might have been Mark Meehan. Said you were in it, so I turned it on. I missed you, and you weren't in it again. Yeah, he's, in, he's right at the start of the episode. I watched it, and I did catch him in it. Him that's and the guy was in Two Point Four Children later on, trying to hustle some Welsh guy up darts. It's a good job you weren't paid by the minute, mate, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, you are now. You are now. Seriously, <laughs> you are yeah. not. Yeah, you're. Yeah, they're trying to do it by the word in some instances Bloody now. Hell, mate. Yeah, that's what's happening in this. That's world, crazy. I mean, lawyers used to get paid by the word, which is why their contracts were so long. Really? Oh, it's absolutely true. If you get uh, a, a, the best example is a, t- a deeds, title deeds for houses, and you get them. If you look at them from the kind of the 17th and the 18th and the 19th century, they're just pages and pages, and because lawyers were paid by the word. I wish yeah, I was but, paid by the but, word. But that, I'd be a millionaire, but, but, but it was It wasn't because of the length. It was how long it took because they were all written by hand. And I, I'm not defending them. I, I thought, I thought it was because they were paid by the word, mate. Yeah, no, it is. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, there, there may be some documents that's slightly too wordy, mm. about 95% of them. Indeed. I think anyway. Charles Dickens was paid by the word, was really? I see. Yeah, I, I, some teacher when I was at school well, mentioned it. He was writing it. for the magazines. Yeah, he did because yeah. we were like he, the teacher was talking. To them, so there was two pages to describe one where one paragraph would have sufficed, and she said, "Look, he was getting paid by the word, no, because like you say, they were being serialised, etc., etc." Et well, there so we go. Added them out a little bit. I should be paid by the word. I think that would be great. Anyway, um, Steve Rollo. And by the way, I just wanted to say before we get into all of this, uh, you know, you're also appreciated, y'all. I really think you are. I, I love getting those emails, JK, because it, it, you know, they get why we do it. We do it because they like it. It's that simple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. They love it. They love yeah, it. But yeah, but I like the fact that they love it. That's that's why I keep doing it. You know, because you know, I think if it, if it cheers people up, if it makes people feel better, then I can't think of a better reason to do this damn show. Were we doing? Were we doing? Do we do better around the world than we do in England? I've no idea. I'm yeah. not. I'm not really that interested. I just like the fact that a few people say they like it. It's enough. That's I mean, true. the reality is, don't don't tell whatever you do, don't tell anybody this. But I would do it if nobody listened anyway, because I just like seeing you guys every week and having a chat about football. However, I think you might be on your own. Why? Well, if nobody's listening to it, but, but why would we bother to come on? Because you like having a chat with me. Ah, oh, that will be, okay. All that, right, then. That's what yeah. you should have said. Yeah, I know, but I, I knew that's what I should have said. You're well, fired. Yeah, okay. Clayton, <laughs> you're in now. Actually, it's my turn what? to read the email. Thankfully, okay. otherwise it would. I meant, I mean, it was going to be you know, it was going to be uh, Stanford Church and Clayton Beerman. It was going to be from now on. <laughs> Excuse me if I choke. <clears throat> uh, Steve Rollo, that's where we were, wasn't it? Steve Rollo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is quite a funny one, actually. He says, "I've just listened to the recent fan cast. I'm again humoured by Jonathan's rant." Yeah. And his ongoing one-eyedness regarding our blue heroes. Perhaps we were watching different games. We clearly were, because I had the proper view. 
Zuma was ball watching when the Leeds fellow with the silly hair poked the ball through for Bamford and Silva didn't address this or Zuma wasn't listening more likely. Then of course Mendy came out too early and was left in goalkeeping no man's land. This gentleman was a fuck up and in my opinion typical of our recent past history. However fuck ups happen in football and we need to admit and accept this. I write a week later now and we've just lost at Wolves after dominating the first half at least. I look forward to the latest frustrated response to the Blues' latest fuck-up. I also wait with bated breath for the vitriol that will undoubtedly arrive online regarding particularly Frank and our new Rolls-Royce, sorry, Mercedes, Kai Havertz, who I think is going to be quite super. Keep up the great and highly entertaining work, gentlemen. Uh, Enjoy your Christmas celebrations with one additional family group, Steve. Lovely. Always great to hear from you, Steve. Very pithy email there Jake. I'll, I'll just point out when he talks about the Leeds fella with the silly hair Steve you're really not narrowing it down much mate yeah, they've all got top notch they're fucking they? ridiculous they look like a load did of environmental protesters <laughs> did you see that sorry to interrupt did you see that tweet was it Man United 6 uh, Man Bun United oh two. yes I did that was very good indeed <laughs> I think I know who that was and he's got form for stuff like that so well done Right. Can I just can I respond to that email, which appeared to be entirely aimed at me the first time? <laughs> no, really. What made yeah. you think that? I don't know. Just something about talking about the this incident with Zuma, which I said was, uh, you know, was uh, was, um, was was was. I don't think I didn't say it was a fuck up. I just said that if if uh, I said if if um, uh, if Kepper had been involved, um, he'd have sent he'd have been sent off, which I thought was absolutely fair. Don't enough. ever mention Kepper because you know that Russ Saunders will be on our case. I know, straight on my back, <laughs> completely. Now, completely. By the way, it. Russ, if if you're listening, I haven't heard you from you for a while. I hope you're well, mate. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, J.K. Yeah, Russ, happy happy Christmas, Russ. We need to do that um, Saturday morning Sparrow Farts version for the yeah, uh, yeah, the Aussies, lovely. don't we? I, I need to think that. about that. Sorry, Russ, it's, it, I've been busy the last few weeks, but we'll we'll do it, yeah. won't we? Definitely. I'd love to. I, 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 but I don't see quite how... Uh, of course it was a fuck-up. But what was the... What, what? I don't think I said anything different. I don't see... Well, what, if, uh, if it was a fuck-up, I can tell you now, Steve, that Jonathan would be the first to mention it, so... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm yeah. absolutely... Yeah, I, I don't know either. Yeah. We've yeah, got a serious email, a very serious email next, and therefore it has to go to the person who reads the emails better than anybody I know. So, um, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read, apparently. <laughs> no, no, my Touche. Anyway, James Richards. Hello, James. Dear Chid, Jonathan, thank you. All of you wonderful people that contribute list to my favourite pod, favorite podcast. I can't speak well today. It's Martin and Clayton. Uh, I want to thank you all for hard and wonderful work that goes on to the into these podcasts. Nah, no work goes on in it. Nah, that are truly something that I look forward to as well enrich my life every week. Thank you. I'm emailing you regarding the JT Anton Ferdinand debate in your previous podcast. As a mixed-race man who has experienced racism on several occasions whilst playing football, as well as, well as in day-to-day life, I feel qualified to give my opinion on this topic. For me as a diehard Chelsea fan, the idea of our captain, leader and legend being outed as a racist shithouse was something I really struggled to get my head round. I can't believe that someone who epitomises everything we as true Chelsea fans stand for and want in a player that represents our blue family would do or say anything that would jeopardise his legacy at the club. For all of his flaws, which I couldn't give a flying fuck about, none of us can, uh, can, 
JT isn't a racist. With the players he shared a dressing room with, it baffles me that anyone can question this. Nobody but him and Anton know what was said that day. I agree with Tony's comments that saying something in the heat of the moment doesn't class someone as a racist. But the simple fact is that even in the heat of the moment, any mention of colour or race isn't acceptable. Heat of the moment isn't and will never be a justifiable reason for this. In the heat of the moment, you might swear at someone or give them a slap, but that has nothing to do with colour. As Tony mentioned, it went to court. JT was found not guilty. Hence why, as a man of colour, I will continue to stand by him and tell this to anyone that questions it. The reason it's been dragged up again is because nine years later, nothing has changed. And in society, and especially within the football world, we continue to see racism in one form or another. For fuck's sake, we're all human. We all bleed red, or in our case, blue. In this day and age, we should be accepting and kind to each other. Unless you're a Spurs fan, that is. <laughs> Thank you again for all the work you guys put into this podcast. James. Oh, what do you want to say? What do you say about that? Well, I just want to say that, that J- James, that's about as pitch perfect as you could be on what is an incredibly difficult uh, subject, which, you know, we, we tried to address uh, as objectively as we could last week. And when I say as objectively as we could I, I i don't just mean because we're all chelsea fans and it's hard to it's hard to be you know unbiased when it comes to jt but I, I also mean objective when we're all bloody white so none of us know what it's like to be racially abused and could never possibly imagine how awful that must be and it's a massively serious issue um and i think needs a huge and a lot more intelligence applied to that issue than I see a lot of. But I think your email, which uh, apart from has obvious authenticity about it, just has such a clear-eyed view. And and I, I just want to really thank you for sharing that with us, actually. I think it's a super email. That's all I have to say about that. Well said, Chips. Very good. Very mm. good. So there you go. We've got some really intelligent people that listen to this show, actually. The more, more the, intelligent than us. Well, I was about to say, you know, yeah. that, that that is clear. Obviously, yeah. you know, but we get some really, you know, it's it's not. I think it was Akshay, wasn't it, last week who wrote on the on the JT uh, and uh, Ferdinand issue, and I mean, there's we have a lot of people who write in who are clearly very thoughtful uh, and intelligent people. We're 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 blessed. So thank you. Right, uh, we've got our weekly email from Nana. I do like this. It's almost like a weekly correspondence. Well done, Nana. Good to hear from you as ever. Uh, He says, hi, everyone. Uh, West Ham was a hard game. I think we lost our rhythm when we got the first goal. How we managed to win that game 3-0, I do not know. Well, you share that view with JK, mate. Um, I'm getting a little worried about Werner. Yes, he works hard. He creates spaces and opportunities for himself and others around him. But the final touch is just not there. His first touch is poor, or at least has been poor this season. Do you think we managed this game well in the moments where West Ham looked like Liverpool knocking the ball around us and putting crosses into our box? Or do you all think we were just poor during those moments of the game? Always appreciate the work you do. And come on, Chelsea, Arsenal is next. Nana, Michigan, USA. Well... As I said, Nana, I think we answered pretty much all of those questions uh, in the show, Jonathan. Yes, we were poor all the way through until Kovacic came on. And in the first five minutes, we were fine when we scored a goal. But yes, um, so I think that answers that. It's me, Um, uh, Jalal Karadia, number five. Um, Good old Jalal. Hey, guys, hope you're all doing well, staying as safe and healthy as possible. 
This is only my second time writing in, but I've been listening since 2015 during my commutes and downtime. Love the show as you guys provide the best variety of perspective with JK, Uncle Chidge and all the great guests. Thank you, Jalal. Just wanted to chime in with a few opinions and views of my own following our ugly win versus the Hammers. Yes, we did win ugly, you're right. First a bit about the two losses prior. I don't have much to say because I think you all covered it well enough, but I think we're a bit unlucky as we hit the woodwork in both matches. The first match was more about Everton's shithouse performance than our lack of effort. The ref was shit, absolutely. Everton players were disgraceful, absolutely. But it's a fair way of playing. I don't agree with you, actually, Jalal. I think it's a completely unfair. We certainly did it in the past, that's true. I hope that our players can develop that dark and nasty side a bit more. Mount has it for sure, as we saw with the push on Pickford. The Wolves game was the more worrying one, though, as it showed a complete lack of composure and focus. The drop shockingly came after we scored, which is baffling. I thought we showed a lack of leadership as well. I think it would have been under the radar, but Silva was poor in that game. I expected, I don't see what he could do, really. I expected him to bring calm and balance, but it just didn't happen. However, it shouldn't solely be his job to do that. There are 11 players out there. We need more than one to be a leader. Not putting full blame on Silva, and he certainly is allowed an off game after his incredible form so far this season. He fully made up for it in the West Ham game. The big worry is that we showed less fight in the Wolves game than the Everton one. And we also reverted back to being incredibly naive towards the end. We should have settled for the point, but hindsight is always 2020. Moving on to the West Ham game, we were poor. I thought we lacked composure on the ball yet again. Our passing has become incredibly wayward. It seems like the passes are either too short or too long. It's sloppy, sloppy play, which is a bit worrying. Um, I'm sure JK has made the point, but it's also been very slow again. I, I think amongst the many things I complained about, yes, it was very slow. Hopefully they can pick it up. However, we're well, for, I think Frank tells us it's slow because he stands by the pitch, waving his arms about, just going, come on, come on. Anyway, however, we were well focused defensively, which I put down to Silver, Zuma and Aspie's effort. Emerson did a job as well. I don't like him much as I think he lacks discipline and positional awareness and passes the ball back all the fucking time. But I hope he proves me wrong. I don't. I want him out as he's looking like we'll need him for the next few matches. That's true. Mount was incredible again. He's setting the bar high. It might be a bit ridiculous to say, but he's kind of like Kante now, where you basically expect a good performance every match. And if the passes aren't coming off, you at least know for sure he'll be chasing the ball up and down the pitch relentlessly. The kid makes the engine tick like Kante used to and is doing again. As a side note, I'm an American who's never made it to the bridge. Probably won't for a while, given the state of the world. I'm making this point to let it be known that sensible fans know how crucial Mount is to the team. And also, now he's showing his talent more and more along with his immense effort. He's one of my first names on the team sheet. I think we should stop talking about the nonsense he gets on Twitter. I'm sorry, but most of those people's opinions don't matter. At least I couldn't give a flying fluck about a flying fluck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I couldn't give a flying fuck about them. That's two lots of flying fucks we've had in the, uh, in the emails. I love it. And neither should Mount. Uh, Cover is also doing well again. Him coming on changed the momentum of the game, absolutely. While he might not have a great through ball or shot on him, God, fuck, he can't shoot at all, can he? His dribbling and composure in tight spaces is a weapon. Onto the main man, Tammy Abraham. He was excellent. Three dots there. He, and then a full stop, was, full stop, and then excellent. Even before the goals, he was doing well, dropping into midfield, winning headers, laying off, or, or dinking a long ball with his head onto Pulisic's or Werner's feet. He was amazing, in my opinion. Then we get to the goals. They're simple finishes, but it's the build-up and movement for the goals that were class. The deadly finisher we expected Werner to be is actually Tammy. 
I'm much more comfortable with a half chance falling to Tammy than I am when it falls to Timo at the moment. However, I'm not down on Timo. The guy just needs a lucky break with a goal. He hit the crossbar today. I, feel, I felt so bad for him. Nothing's going for, going for him right now. But I seriously think that once it does, he'll score loads of goals. The important thing is he's still getting into scoring positions. Then it just comes down to form and confidence. It will come. I'm 100% sure. I just want to make another note. I think people are getting too caught up into positions and stats. Disclaimer, I'm not a football expert. I think Timo missing chances has nothing to do with him playing on the wing. It's just form and confidence. In fact, I do not have a problem with him playing on the wing. I think he works better with another striker up top with him. Furthermore, I also don't have a problem with Christian playing on the right. He's definitely better on the left, but he played on the right a lot for Dortmund. I'm sure once he gains more form and sharpness, he'll do a job on the right as well. On paper, he was playing on the right for our third goal against the Hammers. But as football isn't played on paper, he found himself in the middle of the pitch, driving forward after Tammy's lovely layoff. Basically, what I'm saying is that we need to stop worrying about left or right as much. These players are humans, not robots. Their abilities change and adapt depending on the situation they find themselves in on the pitch. Further expanding on the Timo problem, I absolutely do not think he can play with Giroud. This is because he's a striker, not a winger. Yes, I know I just said I don't mind him playing on the wing, but he plays more as a second striker than a winger. He doesn't have the dribbling ability of a true winger like Zayic, Pulisic or, C or uh, hudson Odoi. Giroud thrives with true wingers who can bounce the ball off him. He's not the type of player who will drift out wide to give space in the middle for a second striker, a la Timo Werner. Werner. This is why we see Timo work far better with Tammy, who's more dynamic than Giroud. I'm not saying Tammy is better than Giroud, but rather they're two different players who provide different styles. And I think, I think um, Tammy is more dynamic than Giroud in his running. I, I think that he's, uh, I think Giroud's just a great striker, but um, less mobile. Frank's got an absolute arsenal to play with when it comes to these two strikers. He can change the way we play entirely by putting in Tammy or Giroud. But I think Giroud needs wingers and Timo needs a dynamic striker. I did not watch the RB Leipzig. I did not watch RB Leipzig much, but I, as far as I can remember, Schick and Poulsen played similarly to Tammy. They drifted wide at times to allow Timo space to cut in. Also, I think Tammy plays better with Timo as well. They both do the same job for each other. One draws in attention, creating space for the other. I really do believe these two will develop a deadly partnership, but it'll take time. Last point, I wanted to touch on Kai. His form pre-COVID was good, especially in the Burnley match. Now he's certainly not in good form. I think it's a mixture of COVID after effects, along with adapting to a new life, league, friends, home, etc. Some players adapt quicker than others. We know Kai's shy and reserved. He strikes me as someone who takes time adapting to new situations. I think he's playing a bit slowly right now, having a hard time with the speed at which players close down in this league. Similarly to Timo, I strongly believe in his abilities for the future. He's young and needs time. I don't expect him to hit his stride for at least a few more months. But just as a note, he's notorious for being a second half of the season player. Maybe he'll come good from February onwards. Let's be patient. He's silky smooth and a bit of a luxury player, but he does work off the ball and is not afraid to get stuck in. One season under his belt will allow him to gain more strength and experience required for this league. Sorry for the absolute essay this has turned into, but I had a lot to say about our young team. I'm enjoying watching this team, though there are obvious growing pains. We've a long way to go till with the finished product. I know you guys detest Mourinho now. I, I, they, 
detest him. I just no, I don't detest him. I don't detest him either. But he made a good finish in that Lloyd's fair game. But apart from that, yeah. But he made a good point when he counted out the days Klopp was in charge compared to himself at Spurs. This time that Klopp has had has had is the reason why he can have numerous major injuries to big star players and still do one over Spurs and then thump Palace by seven goals. Klopp has developed a culture and standard through his stint at Liverpool. I don't want to praise him, just point out the reason for the gap between his team and the rest of the league. We're headed towards we're he- we are headed towards that, I'm sure of it. Frank needs time. The players need time. We're on the road to something great. Once again, sorry for the long email. No, don't worry, it's great. Hope you all have a very Merry Christmas, very happy Hanukkah, very joyful Kwanzaa. Which one's Kwanzaa? Which I one don't know. Kwanzaa. Do you know, Martin? Do you know I've your I've never heard of that, to be honest. Brain? No. Clayton? Kwanzaa? No idea. Sounds oriental. Yep. Yeah. Let's all raise a big middle finger to this shit year. I'd rather give a British knee sign and hope and pray. How dare you? Better, <laughs> how dare I? For a better 2021. Take care, take care y'all. Jalal Karadia. I'm sorry, Jalal Karadia. Well done, Jalal. Good mail. Well That's done. Where brilliant. is he, where oh, Jalal name. from? Because um, it might be that. Uh, he, said, he said America earlier in the in email. States. Uh, and the one I've got would like to say to, <clears> in reply to Jalal two things, if I may. Firstly, he, he kind of put the thing in about him being American and understanding Mason Mount. Trust me, Jalal, mate, there are people in this country who don't get Mason Mount, as has been been proven every time the England team comes out and people are coating him off because he's not playing ahead of Greenwich, yeah. which is equally stupid. Secondly, with regards to Timo and Kai Havertz, we talk about the Kai getting COVID, which is obviously a physical issue. What's the one... Right, so when foreign players have joined Chelsea in the past, this applies to all clubs. You know... They come over, you know, they do a bit, especially London clubs, they do a bit of sightseeing, go out to the restaurants, you know, they take the, the missus around to, you know, do sightseeing and what have you. Because of lockdown, that can't happen. So he's pretty much come over here with everything else going on and he's under house arrest, the same as all of us are, because everything you'd want to see is closed and you can very rarely get out to do anything. So let's not underestimate the psychological that can affect on anyone especially someone at his tender age and he seems to be a good lad that that call he did with um some patients at was it the chelsea westminster hospital he did like a zoom call with some of them so he's obviously a good lad kid. and that dog was an absolute beauty as well no, <laughs> not like um who's that muppet who played for arsenal sanchez sanchez and his dogs Oh, Remember that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. He, he had three of them, didn't he? He had like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like a, there was no, something weird was going on about that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, not cut, that weird. Not cut that for weird. Legal reasons cut for legal reasons. <laughs> not that weird. Your mind is worse than mine. No, uh, not, that's not possible. You, I've looked up Quenza. Have you? It's an annual celebration of African American culture. Oh, wow. It okay, is cool. from December the 26th to January the 1st culminating in a communal feast called Karamu, usually held on the sixth day. It was created by Dr. Mulana Karenga, based on African harvest festival traditions from various parts of Africa. Wow. Very good. I love. I mean, whether it can be held under the same conditions in the current climate's another matter, but if that's what you celebrate, I hope you have a good one. Yeah, well done. I've got to say, Jalal, that was such a great email. I, I you know, I I could have written that myself. I can give that no higher praise. 
<laughs> is that your alias? No, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Actually, really studious email. And Clayton's right. You, you know, you can, we cannot generalise. There are plenty of idiots over here. There are plenty of idiots all over the world, and there are plenty of really, you know, smart, intelligent people who really think about things all over the world. Doesn't matter where you come from, really. So there you go. And that's a point you made very well there, Jalel. Have a happy. Whatever you want to have, Christmas, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. And lovely to hear from you. I hope we do so again because that was a cracker. Right, um, if you want to get your emails in, we do have a show next week, uh, as I will be telling you in a minute. But uh, you stick them uh, to chelseafancast at gmail.com. Or you can also, if you're a Patreon member, you can uh, send me a message there. Or if you uh, prefer Instagram as opposed to Twitter and everything else, you can send it there. Um, but send it in um, usually the day before the show, which is usually a Sunday, but next week will be a Monday. Well, actually, there won't be much time at all because we're playing on a Monday. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, very, very quickly, Premier League predictions, or Premier Predictions League, if you prefer. Um, Jonathan is still uh, rooted to the bottom of the table, having accumulated a whopping minus one points this week. Good effort, JK. Well done. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, Tony Glover is uh, still in 29th. Uh, Mark Meehan is in 20th. And then there's like a, a Chelsea fan car sandwich. Okay, so we've got D- Dane Whittle has shot up the table this week. He's still got almost, he's the, the second best in terms of spot ons. Dane, I don't know what you've been doing. Anyway, Dane is 17th. Marco is 16th. And I am 15th. I have slipped down a place. And the breakaway Chelsea fan cast in the... It's like a mini table within the main table is, of course, Martin Wickham, who is uh, in 11th place, Martin. What is the secret to your success? I'm, I'm looking at the table now, and I can see that the gap between me and you is closer than the gap between me and the, um, Steve Burton in 10th place. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> I have a long way to go to go further up the table, put it that way. Indeed. Well, um, uh, go on. Sorry. No, there's no secret. I'll just literally dash the scores out in about 10 minutes on a, yeah. literally hours before the deadline so I don't have to think about it too much. Well, that's what I do. And it... Tell you my uh, secret briefly what I did this week. I made everything 2-1. <laughs> Normally that's good. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and, it, and it would have got you a spot on. In fact, it, you've got a total spot ons of one. Everton Arsenal was 2-1, but it's, everything else has kind of fucked it right up, hasn't it? <laughs> that is just... <laughs> that is so I, I, that is so JK. I remember I, was, I remember being in a prediction league where they banned you from doing that. <laughs> That's just absolutely brilliant. And of course he would have made sure, Martin, that the two ones would not have applied to anybody he hates. So Spurs, Liverpool, Leeds, none of them would have got anything in there. Oh, I love him. Of course, I love if him. they're playing each other, then you've got to make a decision one way or the other. <laughs> I must phone up Kiro and say, Kiro, what's the what's the worst performer? Chiro or Kiro? Chiro, Kiro. Uh, I must phone him up and ask him who the worst performer he's ever had in all the years of doing this. And do they get a prize? Because <laughs> JK might get a prize. <laughs> anyway, it is it is hugely. It's like golf. It's infuriating, but very addictive. Uh, but I really, you know, huge news this week. We've got a new leader, Martin. Joe. I never yeah. thought I'd see this day happen. But the the Josh genius Wadsworth. Yeah. Well, Joe Mingola has been leading every week so far, and he's been toppled this week. He had a stinker. He got less points than I did. I think no, only 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 about the same as me. Uh, but yeah, we've got a new leader, Josh Wadsworth. He he got the most points of anybody this week. Got 154. That's put him on the on the top of the leaderboard. Performer of the week. 
Uh, and Jarek Koska also has uh, gone above uh, Joe Mangola as well, although not by many. So, uh, bloody hell, Joe, what's going on? Joe's in our Discord group, so I shall talk to him about that later. But uh, well done, Josh. All good stuff. There you go. Right. Uh, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for this week. There is no Friday preview show this week, of course, because it's Christmas Day. And even we don't work on Christmas Day. So uh, JK, myself, Dan Silver and Mark Meehan will be back uh, with you guys a week today on Tuesday the 29th of December to review the matches against Arsenal and Aston Villa. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast, as you know, is available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Talking of which, you can find uh, the Chelsea Fancast and lots of other Chelsea podcasts, by the way, on the CFC Blues app, as they tell you so eloquently here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Massive, massive shout out to the plethora of new people we've had joining us on Patreon. I I feel blessed. Don't know what we've done to deserve that. But huge thanks for you to joining our little community there. Uh, and bunging us a few quid every week. Uh, it's easy to do. You just go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no pressure at all. I love you all the same, whether you are on Patreon or not. Uh, whatever you donate, if it's a quid a month or five quid, I don't mind. It's just lovely that you feel that you would like to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a good way to get hold of me, obviously. If you join up now, you get a mini Kerry Dixon banner which I will eventually post out to you one day and of course you can join the Discord group which is great fun on a match day we're, we're, there's some really it's it's a wonderful antidote to Twitter because everybody in there's sensible there's no nappy shitting it's lovely I've I've kind of now spent more time chatting with people in the Discord group than I do on Twitter it's very interesting uh, you know you get the right people in there yeah it's very very interesting so well done the Discord group well done the Patreon people we love you hugely um Right, Twitter. You can follow us at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59, and Martin at Martin underscore Wickham. And of course, don't forget to check out our Instagram and Facebook accounts, which are also at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, Clayton, always such an absolute delight to see you, my friend. Have a fan, you and your lovely family have a superb, restful, and safe Christmas. Thank you very much. And the same to all of our listeners and to you guys on the fancast. It's been fun tonight. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sorry about the technical. Uh, <clears throat> no, I love the music. That was good. Where did that music. where did that come from? Where did that come from? It was from me. Know. It's Housewives Choice. Uh, was it? Ah, ah brilliant. Oh, <laughs> it was theme tune. Ah, we must must give that to me. Now. And I'll I'll play that again when we've got got the great man. And we've got the we've got we've got the great man coming on sometime soon. I can tell you that. Play it then. Good stuff. Martin, have a fantastic Christmas, mate. Well done for tonight. Really enjoyed your company as we always do. Uh, stay safe and have a cracking time, mate. Yeah. Cheers. You same to you and everyone here and everyone listening. Have a good one. Has um, been a weird old year, but hopefully we can okay. make the best of it. And um, I'd also like to point out, you know, and. This time last year, we were um, toasting the fact that we beat Tottenham 2 0 first time at their new stadium. So, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Fuck Tottenham. Well yeah. done. Quite right, too. So, sung to the tune of Shaking Stevens on the way back to the tube, I hasten to add. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, 
Which leaves me, no, 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 oh, yeah. no. I'm about to say goodbye to you. Don't interrupt it with the housewife's choice. Uh, right. Jonathan, I just want to wish you a very merry, you and your lovely family as well, actually, a very merry Christmas. And thank you for your uh, superlative efforts tonight. You've been hilarious. It's been great fun. There'll be no merriment at Christmas for me, dear chap. I will be on my own in this. Oh, are you still locked locked away? Yes. In the dungeon? In my dungeon. With the gimp ball? Surrounded by my uh, my equipment, my rack, the whip, the chains, spikes. <laughs> that funny kind of face mask it's you like, wear. It's like the fucking scene out of Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Oh, Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> All of that will be. Mate, ha- wander up the up the road and get given a piece of Christmas cake oh. and some uh, mulled wine. But no, I'll get on with me. Uh, oh, I'll on, bless. I'll get on with my dad's book, which will all will be out soon. So uh, There you go. Well, look, mate, have a good Christmas. Whatever you do, stay safe. That's the main thing. Having a bloody good go, mate. Bloody yeah, Barrett, go. Barrett wants you to get a vaccine quicker than everybody. We need you. No. We need to keep you. The show wouldn't Very be the show without you. You know that. Sweet that was. Thank you. Right, Merry, we got... Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Thank you. Absolutely right. We do have to go. Uh, on behalf of all of us on the Chelsea Fancast, everywhere, everybody who listens to the show, thank you, obviously, but have a very merry and safe Christmas. Uh, and we'll see you next week. But thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep Chelsea up the Chelsea! empfiehlt. Podcasts, die wir lieben. Es ist nicht alles gay, was glänzt. Oder doch? Das klären wir jetzt in Busenfreundin, der Podcast. Hey Leute, mein Name ist Ricarda. Ich bin Comedy-Autorin und die Stimme des LGBTIQ-Podcasts Busenfreundin. Und ich treffe jede Woche spannende Menschen und spreche mit ihnen über alles, was die queere Szene bewegt. Bei Busenfreundin gibt es Unterhaltung gepaart mit Haltung. Oft. Also nicht immer, denn manchmal schweife ich auch ab, zum Beispiel mit Leuten wie Riccardo Simonetti, Sarah Kuttner und vielen, vielen mehr. Also schaltet jetzt ein zu Busenfreundin, eurem Lieblings-LGBTIQ-Infotainment-Podcast. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst. 